Welcome back, Wayward Movie Watchers, to the second season of The Media Morgue. Uh, I am Guy Fieri, and... (laughs) And I am a uh, car that has sex with human women. And I'm Herbie the Love Bug. Yeah, welcome. Uh, It's good to be back in person with you guys. Um, Obviously, we took a long break, and we weren't exactly sure when we were going to be coming back, but um, here we are. Uh, so today, this October, it's full of fucking movies. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're going going right through Oscar season. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and obviously because it's spooky season, we're going to be doing a lot of right. uh, horror movies, monster movies. And that's when all this shit drops in. Yeah. Exactly. And today, yeah, today we have two of them up for you. The first is going to be Titan or Titanium. Titan. I feel like it's Titan. Titan. I don't know. None of us are French, and it's a no. ridiculous language. Uh, but th- we should it? we should we, we should dub in someone saying yeah. it. <laughs> Just Google Translate. Yeah. But uh, the English translation is Titanium. If you're curious, uh, directed by Julia DeCorno, right? Uh-huh. Um, and that came out this year. It won the Palme d'Or at Cannes, which She's is the, the highest honor. the first solo uh, female director to win it. Uh, the yeah. only other female director that's won it was co-directing a film with a man. I forget her name and what the movie was, but I was watching this like um. Uh, can roundup and the the lady on the red carpet or whatever who was talking about Titan like really like visibly did not like the movie. Mm-hmm. She was like, "So Decorno has made history, and not that it's relevant history, not that it's <laughs> history I agree with." And she just like was so mad that like the first female director to win was like for a movie this fucking outlandish. Yeah, and w- weird. W- when awards bodies uh, have to say stuff like this is the first female director right. to win the, do they feel like embarrassed like wow it's been uh can yeah. has been around for 65 years <laughs> and oh no Nothing women no women women don't yeah. make movies you know yeah, you, and wouldn't, they're like, you uh, wouldn't think so you know like you would think that they just discovered movies existed with greta gerwig they yeah. discovered it when wandavision came out uh, they're That's like, what it was. They're like <laughs> movies <laughs> <laughs> they could do movies yeah. uh oh. no it, but but uh, all seriousness the f- i was talking to, to justin about this dan uh, Spike Lee was the head of the awards committee this year at Cannes. Really? Yeah. So, so he voted. So the thought of so Spike with like watching Titan. It's watching Titan with like the Knicks game in one yeah. hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then her uh, binding her, her mm. pregnant belly. Yeah. And, to become a man. And, and he's know. like maybe maybe he's a short guy so maybe he like only How tall is thought. I think he's like he's, uh, he's pocket size. Six. <laughs> <Five>, six. <laughs> he's chunky size. Maybe maybe he couldn't fit over the. Wow, he's gonna he, one day Spike Lee will listen to this and be like those. That's it, he's five uh, six. I was right. He's five six. Uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So uh, we'll be up. talking about Titanium, <laughs> and then after that, it's Danny's pick for the week. We'll be doing Hellraiser. Five uh, Parker Classic. But before the reviews, we have the news. So what have we brought to share around the table today, gents? Whoever wants to go first. Um, <laughs> well, mine is like technical and like maybe not that entertaining. No, these are all these are. We have a lot of <laughs> legal uh, <laughs> yeah, right, news yeah. today. Uh, we'll we'll start stories. nice and easy with uh, the fiftieth uh, Child's Play slash Chucky uh-huh. reboot. Uh, back to Brad Dourif. Back to no Brad Dourif. Mark, Mark, Mark Ham- Well, we m- probably will get Mark Hamill again. At some so point. it's going to be two continuing. So songs. apparently, the way it works is that uh, one company owns the rights to Child's Play the name, right. mm-hmm. so they had to slightly oh, alter. Ryan, right? Yeah. So they had to slightly alter uh, the design of Chucky. Mm. They made him an android. Yeah. With and like then, a corrupt AI. Yeah. Mm. And then 
someone else owns Chucky, uh, yeah. which is the series that's been going on more or less. I don't understand how you could take such a perfect like horror movie concept of like a serial killer's soul being trapped inside of a child's doll. That's yeah. so good. It's the it's and, the like per- turned it into like a robot thing. It's literally right. the perfection like, of uh, of that amazing uh, one of the best Twilight Zone episodes where right. it's the baby yeah. or the baby doll and the guy trips over it and dies. Uh, anyway, so Chucky uh, is coming back as a TV show, which movies and TV are the same now. Who cares? Um, <laughs> it's a, it's a USA it's slash uh, sci-fi production, which means it'll probably be the highest of high quality. Um, yeah. No, I mean, it, it looks... It <laughs> no, looks it does look like it has good production value. I yeah. mean, you forget that they did Sharknado. It has good production values. <laughs> yeah. It does. It looks uh, clean. It looks... Well, the, the, the interesting... I feel the like every time... and stuff, the shallow depth of field throughout the trailer. I feel mm. like every time Child's Play comes back, there's a, some kind of... Um, there's a thing that they have to do to validate them coming back. Right. And this time, it's like, Chucky is a horcrux, and he can jump into human bodies. Mm. Well, do you remember that whole era where it, it was like... Chucky in Hollywood, like Seed of Chucky and Bride of Chucky. <laughs> he he like kills Britney Spears at one point. Yes. Oh, like like <laughs> they're, they're like on the road yes. and they're driving and um and and like he like shoots at her car or something. Yeah. She like goes over a cliff. Maybe yeah. it was Paris Hilton. There's there's another one. I mean there was like there was the funny era of Chucky, which is right. what you're talking about, and the then meta, there was a and then right. there was like a direct D- to DVD era mm-hmm. of Chucky, mm-hmm. which was like Curse two movies, Chucky. Curse of yeah. Chucky, which and I remember going to a panel for, like waiting yeah, in your yeah. Comic Con, and being yeah. like, "Oh yeah!" <laughs> and then walked in, and it was like, "Oh, this movie is going the, to be the a best one by far." Is Child's Play two? Child's Play two is genuinely like a good <sighs> movie, like very are, good. But are Dan are any of them good movies? I, I think Child's Play <laughs> two is really suspenseful and like funny and atmospheric, and like mm. that ending where they're in the toy factory mm-hmm. and they're surrounded by all the big guys dolls, mm-hmm. and they don't know which box he's in. For for a Chucky movie, it kind of perfects the formula oh, i guess i mean i don't know who who, who really knows that this chucky tv show is gonna be good probably not but um Do you remember the part where the cop pulls over the lady <laughs> who's got chucky in the passenger seat and he's been shot so he's bleeding and the cop goes up what's going on there she goes you know that those dolls that pee this one bleeds <laughs> child's play too it's a classic uh, come on it's a good line i recommend it do y'all think then because uh, i haven't seen any of the actual classic child's play movies but would you say that that's like the most was it one of the more lowbrow slashers when it was coming out compared the first to one plays it straight because it's yeah. a good concept. It's a solid concept that you can do a lot When was the first? When did the first Child's Play 86, drop? 86, I think. 86. So it's right, in, it's right during the Wes Craven right. uh, Carpenter hype. Hi- uh-huh. um, Child's Play 3 is, is in the military school. And he yes. Replaces, he replaces the paintballs yes. with real bullets yes. and <laughs> guns like, like they would even fit into yeah. a paintball 1988. Gun. 88. And then 2 was in 90. So, so I mean... I don't know. I mean, I feel like first I feel, one was I feel like the first Child's Play movies are really trying to invest in the concept the way that yeah. um, the way that the first I mean, ni- it, Nightmare movie I mean, they're in the way that all eighties horror is camp. Yeah. It just kind of comes with the territory. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I feel. I like even love the camp stuff in Hellraiser. I love I love camp as a whole. I but think it's I fun. I think I think I mean we're gonna not to put the 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 cart before the horse, but like with Hellraiser, I mean the camp actually works to make it even more unsettling. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I feel like the camp works for that movie. Right. I feel like for Child's Play, you're like oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> this is like well. A the thing they that they was definitely lean more and more into yeah. the camp because you yeah. kind of have to. The thing yeah. that was always fun. I mean, like me growing up, you know, Chucky was as iconic as any of the other slashers. But there was always that joke that, like, at the end of the day, you him. yeah, you fu- yeah, like you're you not put him in a blender. Yeah, you exactly. punt that. You know, you're you're not afraid of him. So I think that uh, you know it makes sense that they would have leaned into it that it more. It didn't work. 
at all when he had like the bandages across his face, like his, his face is all cut up and like Bride of Chucky and mm-hmm. It only works when they do it like this, where yeah. he looks new, he looks like a new doll. Right. Like, he's like sitting around and because yeah, you, know, you make him you like grizzled. When you turn off the lights and it's the bump in the night, I mean, he gets up and he moves around. Yeah. And he kills his family. And yeah, yeah. That's a way to make it effective. You can do a lot with Chucky. I think. Yeah. I'm interested to see where it goes. I'm also interested. Speaking um, of slashers. Yes. So, yeah, uh, the maybe arguably the king of slashers as far as franchises go. The, w- yeah. the one that has the most installments, Friday the 13th, mm. our boy Jason. No, we Halloween's creeping up on it. I think I think right now they're neck and neck, but the mm. reason for that is because of this like yeah, legal bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, recently, there was Friday the Thirteenth the game. I don't know if you guys ever played that, mm. but if you know me, you know I was big into that game. It really captured the atmosphere of like an '80s horror movie. Mm. You you could play as um like different counselors mm. that would capture different horror movie archetypes, mm. like the jock, the stoner, the goth girl, the you know the the promiscuous mm-hmm. girl in the, in the crop top. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you could play as the different <laughs> Jasons across <laughs> all the Paramount Friday the 13th yes. movies, like up until Jason goes to hell. And then they were working on a Jason X DLC with a map on a spaceship. Really? And the and the Jason, the cyborg Jason from that movie. Uh-huh. And that's when this lawsuit heated, heated up and nothing else could be done with the IP. Mm. So basically, Victor Miller, who, who wrote the original script, uh, had sued Sean Cunningham for uh, basically profiting off of it all mm-hmm. these years. Sean Cunningham directed the original. Victor Miller kind of came up with Cram- Camp Crystal Lake and mm-hmm. Mrs. Voorhees and, and Jason and stuff, and he wanted his uh, due. So yeah. it's now been resolved, and basically Victor Miller won. Uh, okay. But what that means is Jason, the character in Camp Crystal Lake, that's all separate from the actual Friday the 13th IP. Oh. So Friday the 13th, the title is its own entity, and then Jason, uh, it's like the Chucky Mrs. Thing. Voorhees, yeah, 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 and Camp Crystal Lake is its own is its own IP. So the next movie, or whatever the LeBron James yeah. produced, <laughs> Friday the well, 13th for, movie. For a while, Are you serious? For he, a while, yeah, he bought the rights. doing it like uh, it wasn't even Friday the 13th in, in the title anymore. It was like Jason X, Jason yeah, it's takes Manhattan, Jason Goes to Hell, yeah. Freddy versus Jason. They're just going to keep doing it. You know what that. I bet you will happen? We'll probably have a Camp Crystal Lake television show with That's Jason. That's what they'll call it. Yeah, yeah Camp Crystal Lake. It'll and be on MTV. It'll be on MTV, and you'll have some kids, and you'll be like, wow, these kids are not terrible. Yeah. And then. Or it'll be like, a, uh, uh, what's that guy's name who does all that? Bullshit. AHS. Ryan Murphy. It'll be a Ryan Murphy show with um uh Sarah Paulson. You know what's wild about that? Evan Peters. <laughs> there's an epi- there's a season of American Horror Story that's clearly written yeah, on yeah. Friday the thirteenth yeah. and the it opening was like of 80s, it. Right? Yeah, yeah. And it's it's super there's an opening that's super grisly and it's clearly uh-huh. supposed to be a Friday the thirteenth yeah. analog. He so. he likes all that stuff, but he, he can't fight the urge to make it as gay as he possibly can. It'll, <laughs> it'll, <laughs> it'll be it'll be Darren Chris uh like faces down against Jason, Jason's like he yeah. starts seeing, and Jason like cuts his larynx. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be tough. That's yeah. enough of that. Yeah. Oh, no, wait, we have another legal. Okay, we have another we, legal. We story. do. Um, I uh, yes, I was on Twitter as one uh, unfortunately is um, for most <laughs> of the day, and it's I funny, but at what cost? Yes, yes. Oh. I saw um, some rumblings about a, a legal battle going on between Marvel Entertainment outright. Uh, and and actually Disney and Disney Marvel and former Marvel artists, yeah. um, basically a but number. This isn't the Scarlett Johansson. Thing. No, no, this okay. is different. Yes, which was we just were, settled. We up which was just settled. Right. It was just settled. Yeah. Um, she was like, I can't wait to make more money. <laughs> 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 still, they're still working together. She's still going to be in Disney stuff. Yeah. Wink. But she made her money. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll give it a five-year wow. breather, <laughs> and then and then, and then she'll then be back. Kick the dust up start, yeah. again. But um, 
Yeah, so basically there were a, uh, a number of, of descendants of prominent um, Marvel artists, you know, the Kirbys, the, the Lees, of course, and the Ditkos, who were basically filing um, termination notices against Marvel uh-huh. for mm-hmm. the use of characters like Iron Man, Daredevil, Spider-Man. Yeah. Ditko's family, right? His, his yeah, state. and, and for, like, yeah. for example... Because he died penniless. Yeah, he, he, so, did mean, Kirby. Mm-hmm. so did Kirby. He was drawing uh, Transformers coloring books. Yeah. Meanwhile, billboards of Marvel Dude. properties becoming huge multi-million dollar movies were like right outside of his apartment mm-hmm. where he was laid on rent and I mean it's a very tragic story. Yeah. I, and and the way Marvel, I mean, look, none of us were there, but but just based on stuff that I've read about Marvel in that time, Lee, a company kind of chips. Those uh, guys. Yeah, Lee gypped those guys and I mean, I know we we were supposed to have a reverence for Stan Lee and I I do credit him with helping to create some of these characters, but I think the way Kirby and Ditko specifically were treated I mean, Alan Moore's been talking about it for four yeah. years. I mean, they've been they were they weren't treated well. They were jipped out of their deals. Yeah, uh-huh. and and here's and I'm I'm referencing uh, this is an article them like artists for hire, right? As yeah, and and well, not, that's what it and was. Not, and not, not co collaborators. Really so yeah, 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 I mean, I'm yeah. I'm I'm if y'all want to look it up, this is the Los Angeles Times. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is current as of the 24th of September. Yeah, but basically, um, you know. Uh, Disney-owned Marvel on Friday sued several ex-Marvel comics artists in order to invalidate termination notices. The artists, all of whom are deceased except one, worked for Marvel throughout uh, from the 50s to the 70s. Uh, they include Lawrence D. Lieber, who's Stan Lee's younger brother, mm-hmm. um, uh, who, who worked on some Spider-Man comics. Basically, Marvel is saying that the other that Lieber and the others were work for hire, and they have no legal ownership rights to the characters mm-hmm. that they worked on. Uh, and then any, co- any contributions Lieber made were at Marvel's instance and expense, rendering his contributions work made for hire, uh, to which the Copyright Act's termination provision yeah. did not apply. So basically they're saying that we asked you to do this, but you didn't create anything. These were mm-hmm. concepts that already existed. Yeah. Um, I think to your point, like when it comes to, you know, Stan Lee, there are just there are people who are who are uh, salesmen. Yeah. yeah. And, and Stan Lee was was a brilliant writer, but he yeah. was also a salesman in a way that Kirby and Ditko yeah. weren't. So I think like his personality is kind of what allowed him to maneuver to a way that mm-hmm. advantaged himself and his family when you get more an than opportunity. Like as a young artist, yeah. to get something steady like a Marvel gig where yeah. you're where you're coloring and drawing comics like every month. I mean, you just kind of sign whatever contract is in front. Especially of you, in the sixties. I mean, but also what's wild? Yeah, that work was scarce. That that work was scarce. Those guys are getting paid pennies. It was it was much more like a just an office job than like a creative job. Yeah. But when you look at like stuff like Spider Man and Doctor Strange and. Uh, and Thor, Mm -hmm. yeah, and and the Eternals. You know what I mean? Like those are those are the the product of both Stanley and his collaborators. Especially now that like Marvel is is brave enough to start experimenting with these weird visuals that are completely Kirby. They're Kirby. Yeah, Kirby is all. I I just tweeted about it as a joke, but not as a joke because you look at the Eternals trailer. Yeah, (laughs) like when people say that like Marvel writers in the sixties were doing LSD, like they're talking about the Kirby Doctor Strange. Yeah. And he wasn't Science doing LSD. That was yeah. just Engelhart was, was doing. Uh, it, I don't know. It just it, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. I mean, I think because Kirby and uh, Ditko are so instrumental in the credit and the yeah. concepts they're using. Like all of Phase Four is Spider-Man, Doctor Strange. Exactly. Those are those are yeah. Ditko creations. Right. And, I mean? and what I heard was that the the estate waited until it was like a tactically advantageous time to mm. do this because there's all the Spider-Man media coming out yeah. and now it's like at a standstill mm. until like you pay us off at least is my yeah. understanding of it uh, and, and that's kind of why they waited until now to do it because this is a good time for 
them to uh, get their share. Right. You know, I, I think it, there's a I, I, we all love these characters and we love a lot of the, the stuff that comes out of the, the movie machine with these characters. But I think you got to pay people for what they did. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? you got to renegotiate some of those contracts if that's necessary. I mean, they just had to do it with the Superman creators. Yeah. They were, DC was going <laughs> to was going to try to jip the, Sh- the Schuster the uh, estate. estate and I, Siegel. I, yeah. They were, they, the, I, I don't want to speak out of, out of class, but there was there was something about DC was going to move Superman to be a more cosmic hero because that isn't in the original action comics number uh, huh. number one and then they had to kind of settle and figure that out but you got to pay these people these people were working yeah. for like five dollars <laughs> um, and, and now you're making billions of dollars literally. off of their creations literally yeah, yeah. Well, that's the LSD thing I said yeah. really quickly. <laughs> I just want to say, like, I'm not one of those people that sees something weird and goes, "What drugs were they doing?" Like, that's <laughs> yeah. like that's that's documented that they were doing LSD. What? It's documented that they were. I, doing I know, them. but yeah. but, I, but I mean, whenever you like watch something weird, there's always some guy who's like, "They must have been smoking weed." Like, <laughs> I'm not one of those people. Doing I get those that, green cigarettes. I get that they were just creative, yeah. uh, brilliant artists. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, continuing the, this last news item that I have, um, you know, continuing in the Marvel vein, uh, just before I came here today, I, I clicked on uh, another uh, trending Twitter topic because people are, there's a rumor swirling that, um, well, this is not new, but that Daredevil will be returning to the MCU or being soft rebooted into the MCU with Charlie Cox yeah. and all those folks. Yeah. The method of which they're saying uh, will be through all this multiverse stuff. Well, yes, but mm. also potentially in this Hawkeye series. Or well, so mm, Hawkeye yeah. is spinning off Echo. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that Echo. character. She's the the deaf martial art. She's Daredevil, but she's she's deaf. Okay. It's kind of the situation. Yeah. They have a deaf actress playing her, a deaf in, a Native American actress. And now she's Phoenix, actually, in the comics. Oh, she, Maya Lopez she, is Phoenix. She's the. Uh, I mean, the character. Yeah, she's she's the uh, she's Echo. the she's the uh, host for the Phoenix. Well, Force. good for her. Who is the Native American actress? Uh, up, yes, please do. There's uh, not very many. Not very many, no. So it's it's nice spotlight. that they went out of their way to, yeah. to find one. Um, but uh, yeah, so the idea is that this character Echo will be featured in Hawkeye and then get her own series, which could soft reboot uh, a oh. lot of these Netflix characters. Aluqua Cox. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So um, and she's a very lovely young woman as well. Is she? Now? <laughs> Stop the recording. Dan is peering I'll over the word. table. <laughs> I stopped myself. But um no simping on the clock. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, Wes and I were talking a little bit before uh the recording started just about, you know, the popularity of the Netflix versions of the Defenders for the most part and who we you know, I guess just briefly who we think like if we were the guys making the decisions, right. who would we keep and who would we get rid of? Um, if we were John Marvel, yeah. the creator of Marvel <laughs> Comics. Ditch that bullshit Iron Fist stuff. I mean, mm. the who was that guy? Finn, Finn Jones. Finn, Finn Jones. Jones. He was really bad. <laughs> he was not he really he had he had a great agent though. Yeah. Mm. He blew up in he, Game uh, of Thrones and role, then yeah. literally right before Iron Fist he was in that Texas Chainsaw Massacre prequel. He yeah. plays one of the cops that the Sawyer family kills and feeds to the pigs. He oh, was, nice. he was yeah. hot for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> he was hot for a minute. Yeah, no, I, I think if you could only get rid of one it would be him, yeah. but Wes was suggesting that apparently Mike Coulter might also be I, out. I, the, the, the rumor okay. I heard—I mean, this is, these are all rumors until they, they show up on I think screen. Every, I think that was kind of a universally liked cast. Yeah, I, I thought. I think I think they got three out of four. I yeah. think, and and if you add in Kristen like, Ritter was good. and if you add in Punisher, he was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I even thought their Electra was really good. Yeah. I will say she that it was always kind of <laughs> weird that Jessica Jones had a TV show because that's. Like an E T like F- yeah, yeah, no, but, yeah. but you know but you know why? It's because Bendis's Jessica Jones series was so well received right. by 
by Marvel Knights mm-hmm. back in the day. Mm-hmm. And she has that Purple Man yeah. um, storyline. Yeah. I think what they had to do was, I mean, casting David Tennant is really what mm-hmm. shot that mm-hmm. series, helped shoot that series to where, I mean. And, and it was gritty and kind of yeah. neo-noiry. I mean, I, I like that first season. Yeah, I, I, I like it, it, um, it too. And, and of course, Chris. really shows the lack of budgets. Yeah. Like, they had to cut yeah. around cars yeah. crashing. Yeah. I mean, they, they had to cut every time someone was to jump. Yeah. <laughs> sort of, like, boots leaving the ground. Yeah. Like, a guy run off camera lifting the Doc Burns on <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. you know, Jessica Jones is supposed to be uh, on Cap's team in uh, Civil War. Mm. Jesus. They couldn't, mm-hmm. they couldn't work out the legality. Well, of in that. the comics, yeah, well, Cage. We never knew if that shit was canon at all. It always no. seemed like right. it was like an Elseworlds. The, it also started it like that way, but then the only thing they ever did, the only thing they ever mentioned, was the Battle of New York, yeah. and then nothing else that happened. And the Green the Guy. Phase one stuff, because yeah. apparently, like legally, that's when the Netflix showrunner had left working with Kevin Feige. Mm. Yeah. And then he could Jeff only Loeb. reference up until yeah. the Avengers. Ike Perlmutter, too, was involved with that. Yeah, he's he? the reason why <laughs> there wasn't a Black Widow movie until there was. Uh, right. Um, he said they don't sell. Women don't sell. Women do. It's also the reason. I, he's pr- I think he's also the reason why the Mandarin twist got botched in Iron Man 3. Really? Because it was supposed to be Rebecca Ferguson. She was supposed to be the bad oh. guy. And, then, and they were That's like, weird. they were like, we can't sell toys of women. Yeah. <laughs> Get to it. Uh, so here, here we go. With rings on? Uh, who's going to buy this? Girls? <laughs> <laughs> this is this movie for girls? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so here um, we go. for boys. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, most of the most of the Daredevil cast, we, we, you know, we like. We like Vincent D'Onofrio. We yeah. do. It'd be oh cool to God. see him come back. I want to yes. see. Yeah, I want to see him beat. So I want to see him beat the shit show. out of. Uh, My mom got hooked on that show just because of Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah. she was so invested. I want to see character. Vincent D'Onofrio beat the shit out of Tom. Tom Holland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just well, they'd, they'd, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they'd have to yeah they'd have to amp him up a little bit because they definitely like toned down. They made him a more He's human a kingpin. Yeah, in the He's comics, you know, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but Vincent D'Onofrio is about as broad as men get, though. I'll say that. He's, he's a, a pretty, pretty broad he's a, guy. He's a, he's, a, he's a big dude. It's it's the, my favorite scene in Daredevil is when he uh, his his more or less introduction is when he slams that guy's oh, head yeah. Yeah, yeah. at the door. Isn't he decapitated? Him? Yeah, yeah, the guy's awesome, dude. body slumps out. So, that and was so cool to see in like a Marvel show. Yeah, <laughs> I remember the day that came out. I was like amazed. I was like. Then it makes Daredevil it the issue with Kingpin in the comics is like you're supposed to believe like Daredevil and Spider Man are really really nervous right. about Kingpin. Yeah. And when they fight him physically, like he's really a threat. Right. And it works when Spider Man's like fifteen. Mm-hmm. Uh and it works less It worked really well in Ultimate for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. it works really well with uh Miles Morales in, in yeah. Spider Verse because mm-hmm. you're like, Oh, this kid's fifteen. Yeah. But like Power when Peter Parker is like a grown man, you're like he's yeah. he's yeah. <laughs> and, and and what well that what also Spider-Man becomes he's a fat guy that you can web up and switch yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's just another fat guy. Yeah. Um but I think what what's cool about Spider Man in the in that situation is that he it's the Superman issue, right? Mm-hmm. Where like he is way more powerful than most of his enemies, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he's always holding back. I think that's part of why transmuting a lot of his villains to Daredevil works because yeah. it's like once he's once he's like a part time Avenger, mm-hmm. he, the crowd that he's hanging with is like you know he can kind of let loose a bit more, and it's yeah. more entertaining than like, and then you can leave Daredevil to do the more investigative noir yeah. type Daredevil's stuff. Daredevil's always compelling no matter what. I yeah, think he so too. He's my he's my second favorite Marvel. I think there's no he's wrong my top way five to do Marvel Daredevil. characters. No, I mean the, the thing about Daredevil that's uh, unless it's two thousand three and you cast Ben Affleck. Uh, but, but I, but I even, but I think, <laughs> I think 
Daredevil is a superhero that because he's not um, he's not Spider Man, he's not Thor, he's not mm-hmm. Captain America. You can kind of make him down in the dumps. You can kind of run him through the mud. You can do with any budget. There was rumors of them pitching before it got absorbed by Marvel, pitching a 1970s style Daredevil yeah. before even mm-hmm. Joker got yeah, to yeah. the to the bat. I mean, he's a character. That, he's such a good character because he hates himself mm-hmm. and he and he also is like. He loves the he loves mm-hmm. the pain. Like he uh, loves, but he. <laughs> <laughs> hey. I don't know. I, I I think he's a fascinating character. And I think Charlie Cox does a great job with him. So yeah. Uh, so we'll see what happens after this No Way Home movie. Yeah. Um, if he if he pops up in that with his rolled up dress shirt sleeves, but that's gonna do it for our news segment. We'll take our first break and then come back to talk about cool. Titanic. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna leave this dead air. Please do. So welcome back from the break, folks. Uh, like we said up top, we're talking about Titan. We're gonna be all over the place with the pronunciation. So, so Don't worry about it. But it's uh, titanium. <laughs> we might titanium. The official Wikipedia synopsis of this film is uh, a female serial killer embarks on a bizarre journey after having sex with a car. Yep. Yes. And getting impregnated by said car. Yes. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, Letting the car just. Absolutely. But I, I, I was like it, it, talking to a friend of mine about this, and she was like, "I'm gonna look it up." And then she was like, "I'm laughing at the synopsis." And yeah, I looked it up, and like that is the synopsis. Yeah, yeah. W- she w- embarks w- on a bizarre journey. I think fucking a car. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is what it's about. The, yeah, I think the first thing, obviously, you know, we'll, we'll do our initial impressions, and this. Um, I think the first thing that's important to know about this movie, first of all, I do think you should try to go into it as blind as possible, which defeats the purpose of us talking about it on the podcast. I watched like half of the trailer and the rest of it was like word of mouth. Yeah, yeah. But but, um, a friend of mine who I was with, she said uh, at a certain point, she was like, that was everything in the trailer. So what is the rest of this movie (laughs) going to be about? Yeah, exactly. And the answer is... uh, much slower and less uh, exciting but that's kind of where the meat of the story yeah. is. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think I was not expecting to uh, laugh as much as I did. There are, I think it's there are moments movie. in this movie that are that are funny yeah. uh, even if you're only laughing because you're uncomfortable there's but there are actual that there's are parts of Raw where the comedy is exactly like that like yeah. she, she cuts off um, she's uh, shaving or waxing like her sister's pubic hair and like I think she accidentally cuts off like a piece of her vagina oh my god since she's like a female like cannibal she's getting into cannibalism like the sister passes out from shock and then while she's just like well no one's around to see me do this and she like eats it and and I was watching that by the way I was watching that with uh, a girl I was dating at the time at her parents house and it was so uncomfortable but like all we could really do was laugh and it reminded Titan reminded me so much of like the humor or quote unquote in that yeah movie. yeah like you yeah. have to laugh because it's so out there yeah it's so weird yeah like her uh dancing on the on the top of the mm-hmm. fire truck and at first the fire brothers like yeah like he's that's opening a up. funny and then, scene yeah and then, <laughs> they're like you know seductive go-go dancing yeah like, oh, yeah shit this is some weird gender, <laughs> stuff going on. well i i i yeah. can't I you can't. go first west because i know that <laughs> uh oh my god yeah, um, talk about your initial yeah, I uh, went to go see this film at the New York Film Festival in a crowded theater. And Louder for the people in the back. I, <laughs> <laughs> I only had seen one trailer and knew uh. that she was uh, 
uh, having sex with a car. Everyone's been calling it the car fucking. Like, yeah, it, which is apparently a really good way to uh, market your movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. At, at festivals. No, I'm serious. Because remember when Shape of Water came out? Exactly. called it the fish fucking Well, movie. They, <laughs> tell us, they tell us in school to have a hook in your yeah. movie so that they can yeah. say, have you seen the car fucking movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so when she fucks the car about 20 minutes into the movie, I was like, it's oh. the first thing that yeah. happens. <laughs> no, no, that's not the it's first thing that happens. It's one of the happens. first major things. I yes. thought the whole thing would be a lead leading up. up. Okay, like her flirting with the car. So, so looking at posters and stuff, by the way, it's so misleading. Yeah. Looking at posters and marketing and stuff, I thought it would be this like um, cherry colored, like neon lit, mm-hmm. like muscle car movie mm-hmm. where like old vintage muscle cars are very much like at the center of like the, the, uh, story I don't mm-hmm. know but that's only like the first scene where she's yeah. like dancing on that car and they use that shot and like everything yeah, yeah, to yeah. The movie. and then the fucking car happens like almost immediately yeah. after she kills a guy of yeah. course well, hold on and <laughs> yes. then the rest of the movie uh, but is, is like so, 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 so all of that to say um, the, me and the person I went to go see the movie with <laughs> were just completely uh, baffled and uh, disgusted by the film. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a movie that gets better the more you think about it. Uh, when I left it, I texted Dan and I was like, oh, what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> I, I, listen, you made me think it would be like really gross. It's, I, it's I, very gross. I don't think so. Dan, okay. I didn't think it was that gross. The, the way I've described I was, it. I thought it would be a gore fest. The way I've described it to people is it's like a grindhouse movie. Uh, that has been has gone through an art house like factory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think the second half is is actually a, a really a compelling film. Um, the first half or the first forty minutes, I don't quite know what to do with, and I don't know how it connects to the rest of the movie. Um, but I think <laughs> there's stuff to they, like about well, it. They they um are uh, shit. W- w- what do you call it when two characters are the opposites of one another? They um the opposites. The foils. No, 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 no. Foils, yeah. right. Yeah. The first and second half are kind of... Or the first, fourth, and last... <sighs> okay, Ooh. man. Look. <laughs> I don't but, know. But, the, but listen, that is actually intentional. Because mm. because yeah. these things do line up. She she has familial resentment. Mm-hmm. She hates her father. He hates her. And she's very unhappy. And she has to go around like killing people to get her fix. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't know where the car fetishism really lines up with it. Like you said, uh, that yeah. was probably supposed to be the hook. And then she was then taking that and telling the story about um gender dysmorphia and uh grief and like learning to like live in a delusion to ultimately make yourself happier Mm -hmm. Uh, and and it was kind of just through the lens of um things that would get people interested it's a serial killer and she's on the run and like that's always a fun setup yeah i i i think um uh tell us what you think (laughs) (laughs) i was just uh i was gonna say i First of all, to explain <laughs> why I called myself Guy Fieri at the beginning of this episode <laughs> is because this car that she uh, sleeps with, it's the Guy Fieri this car. looks like a Guy Fieri yeah, getaway yeah. vehicle. Like if Guy Fieri <laughs> was robbing a bank, this they would know that he had been there because he was in this car. But um, yeah, I, I... Not I, to interrupt you, Justin, is this the same car that she kisses at the beginning of the movie? No, that's, no, her, dad's the different that's car. her dad's So car. she just likes... She likes... Because she, she fucks the fire truck later in the film. She does, yeah. It, it, so, and I mean, here's the thing, right? I I tend to usually, yeah. Hey, why not? I, I, I mean, I think it's it's probably has to do with the two male uh, sex objects, cars and women, like mm, right. or something okay. like. That's not my read. That is a read that I have read. Hey, and I discussed. That's a nice one. Saw with. Yeah. They're very s- masculine cars. She's she's not fucking any effeminate. Um, hot rods. She's yeah, no. I, I I tend to um if you if you listen to this show, you know, I tend to kind of fall 
toward the middle on a lot of things. And mm-hmm. uh, Wes was very, you know, um, he he hated it when he first saw it. Dan loved it. Yeah. Um, I think it is really cool. It's a okay. really cool movie. I I can I can honestly say it's one of the most entertaining movies I've like theater experiences I've had in a long time. Yeah. It was a pretty lightly filled theater, so I went to see it by myself, and there were a few other people sparsely yeah. located. I saw this at Alamo and ran up the bill on drinks. Yeah, because we just kept running <laughs> drinks because it got weirder and weirder. Yeah. And the waiter kept coming back. Yeah. We were like, yeah, we'll, we'll get more margaritas. <laughs> I, I felt like it was at church. At the New York Film Festival is just like silence, oh, yeah, dead silence. So yeah. silence. When and I then saw mid '90s there, there were some skaters yeah. in the audience, and they were kind of like starting to get rowdy, and then people were like. Oh my God! No, no people, people, NYFF. <laughs> I can't believe this. People were, people were reacting to the movie, but like no one was eating. Yeah, they was, don't sell food. It was like you were at church. Yeah, and it was like I was like, oh, and this guy oh, next to me was like, oh my God! No, no, no. Yeah. They, yeah, they they're, they're purely for going in, watching the movie and getting out. Yeah, it's for cinema. Um, what is this? An arcade? She introduces the movie. Right? She the movie. <laughs> I think she, she as like a creative force is really cool. She, I love what she's done. So she far. introduces the movie, and then she, <laughs> How do you introduce a movie like she introduces this? the movie, and she's like, "Get ready to be vibrating in the seats next to each other." Wow. Uh, and then she stands up to get her applause so after, much. and she's they put chairs out for her. And I turned to the person I'm going to see the movie. I'm like, "Do you want to stay?" And she was like, "No, let's get out." <laughs> yeah, she's like, we gotta get out of from here. From the introduction alone. She, no, no. From uh, w- as soon as the the lights went up in the movie theater, I was like, do you want to stay to watch her talk about the movie? She's like, no. Let's get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think that um I I overall did like it, uh, but like Wes said, I think that there's the it's a freak show. This yes, <laughs> this, <laughs> it's but the sure. but the second the second part of the movie once uh, Alexia the main character is in the firehouse is so beautiful and so complete in itself that like the car stuff feels so ancillary. I mean, I know, I mean, it is yeah. surrealist and like it's yeah. intentional mm-hmm. and there are ways you could read it to like attach a metaphor to the no, film, it, it, it does but it's, it's seem like a totally different movie. Yeah. No, I, yeah I, I, I almost feel like it didn't like, you could have made her be the killer and she's running away from home and then she lands with this guy and that's, the, that's the Here, movie. Here's what kind of changes it for me. It, it's made with this confidence that, um, makes these dramatic tonal shifts mm-hmm. seem kind of like in place and very purposeful and like you really want to see like what she's what she's getting at right and ultimately like i think that final scene kind of does tie it together in a way that's kind of beautiful she, she gives this man a new son and mm-hmm. it wraps up mm-hmm. the subplot with the car mm. and you're you're laughing but i mean like you're laughing. that's as complete a woman died giving you're, birth you're to laughing. a bionic baby yeah <laughs> and you're <laughs> <laughs> Listen, for the movie that it is, it feels very complete. Uh, I, the I have to agree. We're just getting straight into yeah, it. Yeah, spoiler uh, alert! Now we spoiled I, it I, anyway. I, <laughs> I I I my issue with the movie, as confident as it is, and as confident as the filmmaking is, and the performances are, and how like devoted it is to just being grindhouse. Uh, levels of violence for the first like twenty five. Yeah, Gonzo yeah. level. Like when she's yeah. breaking. I've never since I've watched. I loved that sequence. Since, My whole theater loved that sequence. Since I was watching, since I watched Flight, that scene where Denzel yeah. is, it just has to be sober for the thing mm-hmm. the next morning, and he's like checking the fridges. That five minute unbroken sequence. Mm-hmm. I've never been as uncomfortable mm-hmm. since that. Watch- that Bro. killing spree. No, watching her try to break her, her nose. nose. Oh, I, okay. Yeah, I, I thought you were. T- I, no, the I killing thought you were spree, talking about the killing. I mean, spree. the killing spree is a lot. Like I remember, it's a one take. I was yeah, watching it. I was. There's a lot oh of great God. one takes in this movie, by the way. But there's there's the bit where she puts the the the, the leg of the chair through the guy's jaw. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. was like, 
I and, she's <laughs> and she's and she sits on and it like, yeah. and like her pa, ass cheek like bounces pa, on, the, pa. on the stool. And I was like, I literally was. I was watching. I was like, I, I there, and I checked my watch. I was like, oh, I'm gonna be here for another ninety I minutes. Say, I have to say one thing because I didn't know where else to put this in this like review segment that we're doing. Mm-hmm. But just how like Julia DeCorno opens up on this character who I, I followed the actress earlier on um, Instagram. I forget her mm-hmm. name right now. But I bet how, she did. How alluring <laughs> they make her in the beginning, like like she, Agatha Roussel. Yes, Agatha Roussel. She, she's kind of strange looking, but like yeah. she makes it like hot in her own way. Sure. You know what I mean? Like her body's perfect and like great dancer, and like she's just like you're so like. And they shoot her into with her. a gaze, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the horror of the of the of the film is what's happening to her body. Uh, yes. In, in Honestly, the in yeah. the first in the first. I think it's intentionally leading you to believe that she is like a sex object in the way the camera is sh- mm-hmm. shooting her. She, it's like it's like a man is shooting it. The way they shoot her boobs and her yeah. butt, and the way uh, they do the kisses. She opens her legs yeah. on top of the, the hood of the car. And yeah. even the way the sex scene is filmed. Yeah. She becomes something very unrecognizable. And, and, and then by yeah. the from, end, from and by the open. and then by the end, yeah, she's she's the she's like uh, a Cronenberg yes, character, yeah. where like the, the the monster is coming can out. Can I of, say one more thing? Yeah, about yeah. That video I saw about the woman on the red carpet that can. She was like. Uh, you can skip this one, and for some prime body horror, just watch some Cronenberg. And it really frustrated me because Cronenberg is like the go-to for body horror, yeah. but like this is so like new and like yeah. interesting and so different from anything Cronenberg has done. I can't imagine watching this and just going, "Well, I'm gonna go home and watch Videodrome because that's a classic." <laughs> like, like this is so interesting. Cronenberg probably loved this movie. I'm sure he did. I mean, the way the way this made me feel is like when I watch uh, Possessor, for an example, I'm watching. I'm like, oh, this is just kind of him playing his dad's best hits. Right, right. Mm. Uh, and, but the way, when if I watch this, out there, that's the, that's Jr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. doing it's, his it's, dad's, uh, but, but as, as, as viscerally as I felt this movie, when she's like looking at herself in the mirror and the hands mm-hmm. are popping out of the stomach, I was like, "Oh, this is like body horror, like I've never seen right. before." I will say, as to motor to the, oil coming out of her pregnant yeah, belly. To to the point of uh, tension, specifically with that that nose breaking scene, there were a lot of points in this movie where my my cheeks were clenched for dear life, but that was definitely one of them because literally, like I, when she's punching herself in the face and it's not working, I know. That the movie is not going like the movie is not going to allow this scene to not get brutal. Yeah. So when she starts looking down at the sink, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I was in the theater like, yeah, yeah just yeah, yeah. do it. Right. <laughs> you, you watched it with open eyes. <laughs> I was like this. I was literally like, yeah. I don't care if I look like a little boy right <laughs> and, now. And, and, and we're, we're talking about all this really out there, really gruesome, like kind of surreal, hyper stylized stuff. And yet, at the end of the day, when I think about this movie, the main thing I think of is the relationship between her and the surrogate father. Mm-hmm. And that is that is really like the meat of the story. Vincent London, who is compelling. Who's giving like a uh, all like oh, an great. all out performance? He's so compelling. He's yeah. it's like one of the best performances I've seen. I mean, I think the two performances in tandem yeah. are great. Her performance is great because a, it's a transformative performance, um, and yeah. we can talk about the fact that it's it, the film is more or less about gender performance and all that yeah. stuff. But but the way the way when you're watching her, you're like at any point she could snap and kill mm-hmm. someone, mm-hmm. and and there's like a and it's, she's not Very overplaying compelling. it. And, and then he, on the other hand, is like so big 
but he's so like kind of fragile. Yeah. yeah, he's so Playful. fragile. You're like okay. watching him. Like he could break so, at any so moment. So that, that's the core of it. She is introduces this like femi fatale archetype mm-hmm. who could kill anyone at any given time and is so above men. And yet we're introduced to him as this like insecure like older man who, yeah. who was injecting steroids so he can still look like fit and young. Mm. And you and on paper those two character archetypes mm. should not get along. They at shouldn't. All. Mix. They should hate each other. He's an insecure man. She's a hardened woman, and it just yeah. shouldn't work like it does. But they. They grow together, and I I do believe it when she like kind of cuddles up next to him, and like yeah, it it makes sense to me, and like it felt like this would be yeah. just I, with their chemistry where it would go. I I will say this: I think actually the most, at least one of the most emotionally moving parts, because the ending didn't necessarily jive for me in terms right. of emotion, but when she uh, switches from deciding to stab him in the ear yeah. to Dance just cuddling him. him and she says, and she says, right no, no, I mean, right when he's passed out in the bathroom, yeah, yeah. and and she says, uh, Papa, and she's yeah. slapping him on the cheek. I was oh. like, all right, you got me. But then there's a there's like a weird, there's like a weird like nebulous thing that I guess the movie wants you to question is like, what was the relationship between the dad and his actual yeah. son, mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. ago, a, who died ten years child. ago, and he like when he when he accepts um, Alexis into that role. There's a there's an there's kind of a feeling of that he did something wrong that mm. he he trespassed or he transgressed in some way. Well, I yeah. I actually want to talk about the scene where I pr- I definitely had a thought earlier, but whatever, we're flowing. Uh, <laughs> I want to talk about the scene where where he sees her for the first time mm. because I was like With the pregnant belly. And no, no, no. I mean when like when he's called into the into the oh, precinct. Oh yeah, the, the, yeah. the scene because break, the act break when it becomes a new. Movie. Yeah, exactly. You can exactly. project anything onto his expression there. Yeah. Exactly. Is, does he know for, that this is an imposter? See, does he think it's a son? See that for me, I was like, because obviously as an audience member, you'd be like, "There's no way you think that's your kid." But yeah. I. But then, like as the movie kept going, I. Something about his performance that I think is so great and I and, and He's so very vulnerable. Yeah, so sensitive is that I feel like it, especially when you watch it again, you can decide if he thinks this isn't myself. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm going to tell myself that it is because yeah. I'm tired of being alone. L- living yeah. in that delusion is his his best alternative. At exactly. That point. That's yeah. what the mom says to her mm-hmm. because yeah. the mom knows immediately. Like, yeah. Obviously, this isn't my kid. Yeah. Right. But she's like, take care of him. Yeah. Because he needs this dream. He, he needs, needs this delusion. He needs this fake world to kind of live in and, and feel complete. Right. And, and, and Dan, you know, that's that's my major. That's the crux of my major issue with the with the film is that it feels like it actually is. And maybe this is a creative choice. Who knows? Uh, it feels like two movies to me, and it feels like those movies. We don't say that about a lot of movies. I though. know, but no, but it doesn't feel like that in the way that it's like, oh, this movie is two movies. Like uh-huh. there's a break in the middle. Like Nocturama, one of my favorite movies, is essentially two Waves movies. Waves is like that. Waves is no, not one of my favorite movies, but one of my favorite movies. Waves <laughs> um, also is like that. But this felt like two movies in the sense of like the plot lines are running parallel and they kind of come together, yeah. but they yeah. don't quite coalesce. Thematically. Like, yeah. I, I feel like, so we have the we have the opening where she's more or less a serial killer. She acts on instinct. She's really almost a like, spree killer. She's a spree killer. <laughs> yeah. she, and, and what I loved about her performance the, in the, the beginning. The relationship is at the core of all of this. Though. Yeah. But, but here, it's what drives her art. Here's what I love about her performance in the, in the first 40 minutes is she's so, um, she's so like, you know what I mean? She's like, hot and scary. Yeah. No. 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 Well, I mean, yes. But also, but also, it's like it's almost like she doesn't even think about it. Like yeah. she's mm-hmm. she's just. Oh, I guess I'm gonna kill this person. Now. Yeah. I like. I I, yeah. I love her. I love uh, Agatha Roselle. Uh, Roselle. Yeah. 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 She is 
so good. Yeah, but, but on IMDb, the, the switch you're talking on about. IMDb, the yeah. she does not even have a headshot. Yeah, she, it's her, a blank her thing. She's, on she's, IMDb. she's about to be in a Marvel movie. Mark my words. No, 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 no. Um, really it's gonna not. happen. I really. Um, I want to put her in something weirder than this. She's gonna. <laughs> she's gonna. It. She's gonna get picked up by like an Ast- Ari Aster and then uh, get put into sure. like a second string villain role in a Marvel movie. Oh, um, yeah, so she'll be. You know what? She'll. She'll be what Black Widow's little sister. Yeah. Or she'll be like. Exactly what I was gonna say. <laughs> She's gonna be like uh, one of the Fantastic Four villains. No. Uh, it'll be great. Mole Man. Uh, Continue. Mole Man. I, I sincerely <laughs> um, would hate that. Uh, <laughs> it's gonna happen. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to be okay with it. Uh, so, so, so we have the first half of the movie, which is a lot about, uh, which it coalesces in the fact that she kills her parents and is also knocked up by this car. Right. Uh, and then we 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 go into this s- this second part of the movie where she's posing as this guy's son who maybe she killed maybe she didn't kill but the point is she's adopted the identity of this guy's son um and then that movie's going on and it's almost like that movie has interludes where they're like surprise remember Remember? yeah she she's pregnant with a car and and i wouldn't mind it if she was pregnant because the movie does feel like it's talking about a little bit i mean i don't really have the range for this but it did feel a little bit like it was talking about gender dysmorphia and not feeling quite at home in your body i want to say going back to that um the woman on the red carpet who said yeah. ditch this and watch Cronenberg yeah. like th- this is not just body horror in that yeah. something foreign is growing inside of her he, she is she is it's literally not even a trans allegory like she it, at that point she essentially is performative you know boy mode mm-hmm. you know and and we don't ever really th- the issue with the movie for me is that the car fucking actually doesn't uh, jive with me with the rest of the movie like right. I feel like the car fucking is actually an invader to the rest of the plot but I wouldn't cut it I wouldn't cut it I think it's cool it's I what makes it's, really it's, cool. it's what makes people remember the movie but I feel like when I'm watching the movie it's not the first thing I think it, of. it's it, it provides these amazingly visceral moments where she's like yeah. she's scratching mm-hmm. her side mm-hmm. in this fucking how great is the know. visual of like the seatbelts like tying her up like she's in like a bondage yeah, like yeah, like yeah. kink uh like shoot you know yeah, what i mean yeah, yeah. it's is cool the seatbelts binding her and her just like on a on a on the on one of those like like grimy 70s like yeah. oh porn God. sofas it's, i really like it uh, <laughs> i would not cut that in, I, in i'm not i listen i'm not the director i wouldn't cut anything uh, but <laughs> i i just didn't it did it didn't quite uh, coalesce for me in the way that I wanted it to, and it made me after I got past the like I literally I, guys I have a high tolerance for grossness. I literally almost vomited in this movie. I'm not even. Well, kidding. here's here's what it yes. is. I, I kept hearing that like people yeah. were leaving and vomiting, and and I kept thinking, what pussy? I saw because <laughs> it's. I don't think it's very. I, sure. I, I here's, saw, here's I saw, I saw I, an old couple uh, get up and leave after right? she drove that thing through the guys. Uh, it's oh, so they didn't even really watch. Well, they were like, they, they were left after like, like we gotta six get minutes. Out, like, we gotta get the here's, fuck out of here. Here's what I <laughs> think: the beginning is gross, and like the rest of it is pretty tender and like pretty I, like sensitive. Yeah, I think there's th- so two things. One, that took me by surprise because I was expecting a neck stab. So her going yeah. into the ear was already, you know. <laughs> oh what my I mean? god! But I think it's like, and it goes on so long. Yeah, I, like I think she kisses him back to have the upper hand, right, so that he right, lets his guard right. down, and it's I, so good. I think it's the uh, it's the acuteness of the violence, like it's these small targets, like the nipple. Like no one yeah. necessarily wants oh their god. nipple being torn. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh so uh, it's stuff like that. It's obviously like the the chair and the guys. Did, did I say what Jonathan Demi said ever on this podcast? Uh, what? No. He, he did an interview, or maybe it was a commentary track for Silence of the Lambs, where he talks about how people are so grossed out by that movie, even though there's not like heads being lopped off right. or anything, but because it's like 
fingernails being yes. taken out. Yeah. Of teeth oh yeah, you talked about this. It's because it, it, it's a violence that you can you, believe. You can yeah. Feel something centralized. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, exactly. like watching a movie where someone gets their eyeball gouged. Oh. You you can like yeah. kind of oh you can kind of feel that, but like an arm getting cut off or whatever, like that's not really that just seems that's like not in our world. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And 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 you know by that point that like. The, you can avoid that, but it's like yeah. we all stub our toe, and then like yeah. we've, uh, you know what I mean. And we've yeah. had like a toenail turn black uh, or something. Yeah. So, so I think that's part of what makes this movie so visceral, even though it's not. Yeah, it's not that campy Hellraiser type of gore that we're going to talk about later. Yeah. But it 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 is something that feels much more um, concentrated, and and also like. I think irrational, I think right? Hellraiser kind of like the chains going. You can kind of feel like oh, a chain well, like those in, are the skin, in those the are skin. Yeah. Those but are but visceral. I think I think like it's irrational. I think that's part of what you were talking about with Roussel's performance. That's so interesting is that there is the, there's no trigger. Mm-hmm. And part of the thing that the movie's not 100 percent clear about, which again could be intentional, is is she doing this because of the plate in her head, or is this right, just right. because she's not well adjusted she, in general? She was into cars before the plate. Exactly. In her head. Yeah. So the plate in her head is just kind of. I don't know the narrative reasoning behind the plate in the head. I'm, yeah, I'm sure. I, mean, I like the movie too much to question it. I, to be honest, I, 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 I'm sure Nerdwriter or one of those guys yeah. is going to be able to pull this movie apart yeah, and figure it out. It's going to be a big video essay. I figured out Titan. Yeah, uh, which is cool. Uh, I'm not going to do that, but. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like there is like going to the violence. Like there is a there is a visceral quality to the violence that I that I'm repulsed by, but I also like really appreciate. Mm-hmm. But I wish, I wish, I just it feels like it's almost like just a mean spirited, and I mean this in a good way because I think mean spirited movies can be fun. I just it feels mean spirited without an end point to it. It just mm-hmm. feels like like Ari Aster's movies are deeply mean spirited. It's kind of, it's kind of mean? her. It's and kind of her arc. It's, it's the fact that she's so mean-spirited in the beginning, and then yeah. by the end she's very sensitive and, and loving and tender. I suppose. I suppose. She sacrifices her life, of course. Yeah. I for, mean, for maybe not knowing that she will yeah. die. but uh, and, and, and I think, like... I like when a filmmaker expects you to have the patience to bear with them. Yeah. I, I, I sure. like when a filmmaker can be like, yeah, like, they're not pussies. They can see, they can <laughs> see someone fucking car. They can see someone killing someone with a stool. Because eventually it's going to lead to the catharsis of... Oh, an arc. Oh, this is this yeah. is a very different person now. Mm-hmm. This is a very different mm-hmm. movie now. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I, I um I think just to, to talk quickly some of my thoughts about the, the the way this movie handles gender and um mm-hmm. and all that. One of my favorite scenes is um is that dance party at the firehouse mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. the purple lighting. Mm-hmm. It's just so cool to see. We keep going back to it. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. so it is a standout. It's so cool to it's see men just like dancing. Like you don't even see that in real life, right? Like, yeah. but like guys are so reluctant to get together if, yeah, if yeah, women yeah. aren't present. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, uh, uh, even with the, the the unwitting knowledge that uh, oh, man. French, Andre, French people are like, ah, what do I? Because that is cool how, how they're kind of like so open with one another, mm-hmm. but it's also like. Like kissing your like buddy on the lip every time you see them to like to like get drinks and like yeah. doing the yeah. I don't know it's a little they're, extra they're a little too open with each other <laughs> but, like, in moments like that where like men aren't afraid to yeah. just like dance with each other right. like that's so cool exactly about their it's exactly very, it's very it's very tender there's very tender men exactly and I mean that in the best way like yeah. like the the male friendship relational aspect of yeah. it is is nice like I'm like oh these men like each other yeah. they don't exactly. hate each other and and I and I think uh, I also think that the movie sets you up. A little bit for a much more tragic ending mm-hmm. in terms of the jealousy, the jealousy. Well, yes, mm-hmm. but the jealousy of uh, Ryan, I think his name, mm-hmm. uh, the jealousy that he has for Andre, right. uh, Alexi. Th- mm-hmm. That's the name that she takes on. Um, uh, and, you know, him figuring out, oh, this is who this is. Mm-hmm. I was I was waiting for him to like 
like call the cops and then like yeah. there's a thing where she, you he know stares at her kind of uh intimidatingly yeah the yeah and he, he tries burn, to hmm? he's all burned up Oh no! Is when when did, did that happen? Didn't he get burned up in the forest fire? That that guy. The kid. Oh. Who suspected her and was like, yes, he did. Yeah, he did. Oh, that was an actual fire. I think so. I thought it was like one of those simulations no. that I I, oh, no, I no, kind of. And then, oh, okay. and then that, that disturbing moment where the dad opens up the thing and sees the burning kid. Inside yeah, the, oh that was God. a simulation. Which that I was, was like, we're doing yeah, simulations yeah. in this. <laughs> um, but I, I, you yeah. can control the simulation. Why would you put something that's that triggering in there for me? That's kind of. I don't crazy. think. That's I guess that's real. just. I think his he was own. projecting that onto okay. her. Yeah, but but um, I guess what uh, what else stands out to me is is the the acceptance of the of the parent right, right. of of their child's gender identity mm-hmm. yeah. so even even in the in the in the kind of like wavering portion of this film where mm-hmm. it's like does he know that this is a not his son mm-hmm. at all or does he think this is his son is who has transitioned so so or whatever yeah it's like but you know there's it's they're building up to when he eventually says like you're my son i don't care who don't you care. actually yeah. are <sighs> And I think one of the early moments they, they see both that, need that. Exactly. they both need that lie. Yeah. I, I think one of the early moments they see that is when the other, you know, the cute fire boy twink comes over to him <laughs> oh and he God. says, uh, it's about your son. It's about, he said, don't talk about my son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, and you, and I think like that is a, don't break this illusion. For yeah. Me. I yeah. think, but I think that's illusion. also, I think that can also be read as like an allyship sort of moment, right? Where oh, like, right, yeah. where, uh, someone comes to a parent, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. A parent, someone comes to a parent and says something yeah. about your child. Yeah. That's or after they've transitioned, you say, "Don't talk about my right, son." Right, like right. it's a, it's it's a very affirming moment in that way too. So I yeah. feel like like this movie is a is a is a theoretical goldmine for they, they <laughs> for have my stuff. favorite relationship of any two characters in the movie this year. Yeah, oh, I really? love their relationship. Yeah. I think they're really compelling, honestly. Yeah, I, again, I, I think can, it develops well. In a lot of different yeah. ways, but ultimately, it all leads at the destination that they needed one another. Yeah. And, and they both changed for the better for having this fake but also very real relationship. I'm partial yeah. to the Joel Edgerton, Dev Patel relationship. And, uh, <laughs> 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 he comes on to him, right? Yeah, he's he, like, he's he smooches like, him in the forest. He's like, hey, you, you left something here. I like Nicolas Cage <laughs> and the kid from Hereditary, uh, Alex Wolfe and, and Pig. Oh, Pig, I still have to see Pig. Pig is such a good movie. Um, but I did this beat that for you? I, you know what? I think Titan might be my favorite movie of the year, ultimately. Oh, I think wow. Nick's that number two. This, wow. There's a lot going on. There's a lot you can talk about. Like, <laughs> I hate when you leave like a big, loud, stupid superhero movie and there's nothing to really talk about. Yeah, it's like, yeah, Remember okay, the part well, where they know. jumped? Remember yeah. when they didn't want to be uh, adults, so they decided to sing karaoke? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then they sang karaoke with Wong. <laughs> I, I, feel, I, I feel like the last uh, superhero movie that made me leave and go, hey, there's something going on there. What? It, the last superhero movie that made me leave and go, oh, there's something going on. It's like Spider-Verse, and that's like 40 Maybe years yeah. ago. <laughs> it's yeah. like four and a half years ago. Yeah. In Maybe superhero movie time, it seems like 40 years ago. It does. Yeah. It does. Like, like, at least in Spider-Verse, you're like, uh, the animation was great. It's, yeah, it's yeah. reckoning with the history mm. of that character. Da, 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 da. Mm. With most with most of your movies, you're like, oh, that was fun. I wonder. Yeah, I yeah. wonder when Kang is going to show up. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, Infinity it, War. There's some stuff to talk. All right, but, but we're going to move. No, on. I was going <laughs> to say, is there is there anything specific y'all want to hit on before we give our kind of our closing? Uh, I don't think I mentioned the main thing I said in my Leatherbox review, which was just that the two moments of her dancing through a crowd mm. in this film mirror each other in a really like thought provoking kind of impactful way yeah you know at the beginning she's a very sexualized woman it's very it's shot very male gazy which is on purpose and all these drooling like simps who like want her autograph you know (laughs) there's they're so crazy and obsessive about her and they're so like enamored by her 
dancing on top of this car. And then, obviously, you know, on the flip side, we yeah. have these firemen who were kind of, like, confused and, like, creeped out and stuff. And but, some of but, them are into but it. But she <laughs> is so miserable when she has all those fans, and she's so, like, happy and yeah. feeling herself when yeah. all these people are like think sh- she's a creep yeah, yeah. you know yeah. Or, 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 or don't know where to, to put where, yeah. their feeling they're like oh the, my god because there's the definitely the mirror of those two scenes is, is my favorite thing about the movie yeah there, there's like not a woman to be seen in the second half except for the mom what? and the mom that's not true there's no women in the, the main character's half. always she, well, other well, than well, like other that's than, on purpose yeah, yeah, yeah. Mom, yeah. the, the mom arrives and then otherwise and otherwise it's just dudes yeah which I think is on purpose the whole movie is about assimilation that's true it's yeah, um, assimilate. That's why it starts as one thing and is ends as something so completely different. It's all about assimilating and into mm-hmm. a brand new life. We should definitely uh, do we should a. On, yeah. we, no, no, no. I was going to say we should do a end of year uh, medium work thing where we give out right. uh, we give out like favorite. This is going to end up being my favorite. Favorite couple, favorite movie, favorite actor. Oh, favorite, uh, yeah, yeah. The moral I'd want to see it. Yeah. I'll, I'll, so I'll see it again with you. I'll no, just come you, 40 minutes oh, late. All right, I'll two just come days 40 ago. Minutes late. Two days ago. I'll just come 40 minutes late. No, <laughs> I'll come in and be like, Dan, is it over? And it's like, oh, she's already left. Thank two, God. Two days ago, you really did. A man, like a man can change and develop <laughs> okay. his opinions. Tell Zach that you scare them away from watching. Yeah, it. Zach can't handle this. Zach, oh Zach doesn't, like, uh, Zach doesn't like gore. He's Zach doesn't like gore. For the mo- not, not as far as I know. Fifty years. <laughs> it's <laughs> real. That's true. It's but Zach will ever. also Zach will also watch videos of like people suffering gruesome injury in real life. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I sent him a video the other day of some dude igniting a firecracker into his own face Jesus and. <laughs> And Zach was like, "That dude's dead! Oh my god!" Um, uh, love no, you, Zach. Zach. I can't believe you scared him away. Zach he is, may have really. Zach's liked it. not gonna like this movie. He may have really liked it. He Zach, could have. Zach, I know you're listening. We don't know. We don't know if he would have liked it or not. You scare them. Yeah, you w- I, listen. I can't say. All I know is, I feel like this movie is. I think this is a movie you one should watch at least twice unless you like obviously know you really yeah. like it off yeah. the bat. I think you watch it once to experience it and mm-hmm. then I think you watch it again when you know apart. what's happening. Because yeah. I apart. I 100% would want to see this again. Um and I think you know, it's all go to Alamo and get drinks and get and That'd be kind of fun. That's yeah. the best way to see it. I I is we, it the we best ran up way the bill. We ran up the bill so that sucked but like it yeah. was cool it, to be it, able it, to it, it, it wouldn't who it, paid it's it oh. it's 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 not like when i saw requiem for a dream and i was like thanks never coming here again (laughs) you know this this movie even though it does have moments of discomfort to me i kind of hate requiem for a dream yeah we'll talk about that we can see uh we can see it tonight guys right after we jump off this recording i'll be going home i appreciate you (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah so i mean i i guess as far as a rating um i'm gonna go ahead and give it Seven murder chopsticks out of ten. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, ten metal plates in the brain out of ten. <laughs> yeah, ten it's out awesome. of ten. It's yeah, so nice. good. Uh, I'll give it. Uh, Neither of you rated it. I I'll guess. give it. I'll not give yet. It, I wanted to surprise I'll you. Give it, <laughs> I'll give it. I'll give it two. Uh, two car orgasms. <laughs> uh, two and a half car orgasms out of five. I thought it was gonna be. You say such nice stuff about movies sometimes and then you're like, yeah, zero stars. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dan, 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 Dan. Listen, God. listen, listen, listen. I when love, the car is I, I love movies that don't work. I have seen movies that don't work more I than think, I've seen I movies think that don't work. Uh but that moment where the car is like 
I think the disjunctiveness <coughs> is really Grace. compelling. Yeah. I think Ugh. the disjunctiveness really Well, really listen, works. I mean, it disjunctiveness is disjunctiveness sounds like a uh like her next movie. Yeah. <laughs> disjunctiveness. It's like a it's like a UTI, but it takes so over the see, body. You think the actual scene where the car is fucking her is like too silly? No, I think it's hilarious. I think it's really cool. I think it's hilarious. When when I saw the car moving, I was like, "Oh, here we are." Yeah. <laughs> we're at this Already, we're at this yeah. moment. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, as you as y'all can hear, there's no shortage of things to talk about with this movie, and we'll probably continue too long after the Ultimately, recording. Ultimately, that's stopped. what makes me like yeah. movies yeah, is if there's a lot of ways that's to fair. interpret and a lot yeah. of stuff that's to talk fair. about. But um we'll take our second break and then Dan will lead us through Hellraiser. Sure Have such sights to show you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what he does. <laughs> he laughs after. Uh-huh. Um, what movie are we talking about, Dan? Uh, this is a little-known gem called uh, Happy Gilmore. It's got Adam Sandler. Nice. Uh, <laughs> nice. 1993. Imagine Adam Sandler as Pinhead. <laughs> this is not for your eyes. I feel like Sandler could could really kill a horror villain. Cool. Honestly, Kevin James tried it. Did you see that thing with Kevin James? He did I heard about yes. it. Maybe he was like a bad guy in the yes. horror movie. But but Adam Sandler is kind of a horror villain in Uncut Gems. He's certainly a horrifying person. Yeah. He's <laughs> a uh, the horror in that film is um he's a his gambling addiction. Who's the yeah, friends addiction. we made along the way? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, we're talking about Hellraiser. Um, Live Barker classic. Yeah, this yeah. is Dan's pick for the week. And we haven't done any of those letterbox reviews in a few episodes. I don't know if you had some picked I, up. Uh, oh, you bet I did. <laughs> so uh, the first one goes comes from Sean Fennessy, who uh, is part of the Ringer Podcast Network, which I really like. Uh, it's three and a half star review that says, Love when Pinhead is all, to some this is hell, to some this is heaven. True indeed. Absolutely vile and miraculous outsider art masquerading as mainstream entertainment (laughs) under the guise of profoundly gross practical horror effects, Mm. final girl structure, and monster movie pacing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and it is definitely outsider art. Clive Barker was a a gay man who, you know, was active in London and the S&M subculture. And you can see it in all the hooks. and It's in Candyman. It's in everything. Um, Another one, this is a four-star review from uh, Diamond Bolt. That says, I'm not here to kink shame, but what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and the last one. Now you must come with us. Yeah. Taste our pleasures. And the last one comes from Jay. And it's a four and a half star review that says, A wholesome movie to watch on the Lord's Day. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You're absolutely Amen. right. Um, is, there anyth- is there anything more like sacrilegious like in a movie ever made than the part where Frank has all the hooks in him and he goes, Jesus, Jesus wept? As though to say he's suffered more than Jesus Christ on the cross. Or or that he's just, he's like in the middle of an orgasm. Uh That's what it feels like it is. He's like, wow, this is great. That's probably up there. Um, (laughs) I remember watching this for the first time. It felt like so, it just feels like such an evil movie at some point. Yeah. Okay, so Clive Barker produced Candyman. But yeah, and he wrote the original story. He wrote the original. Oh, that's very interesting because there are a lot of similarities. So I feel he, like so he was a renowned um, horror writer, writer. Of, like horror novellas, and then he actually and also playwright. He was a playwright. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, he, and he, he directed a few feature films. My second favorite Clive Barker film is actually Nightbreed. I think Nightbreed is extremely underrated. Mm. It's so much fun. Uh, it, it's really like fun, and Hellraiser is like not really fun but like Nightbreed's like a good time mm-hmm. like you can yeah. bring a bunch of friends together and like watch that and it's like really entertaining mm-hmm. it's, it's 
super cool. David Cronenberg plays a serial killer in that movie. <laughs> it's and, and that's like a subplot. Like yeah. there's a lot going on in that one. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Hellraiser. I mean, as as far as uh, I'm concerned, this is like in the Mount Rushmore of like horror classics, mm. 80s horror yeah. classics. I mean, Pinhead is definitely one of the most recognizable mm-hmm. antagonists in a horror film. And yeah. what's so interesting about this is. The first time I saw this, like, I was expect like, Wes, you said the other night, like, this is a slasher movie I hadn't seen. And yeah. I didn't want to say anything, but, like, when I went into this, I thought it would just, like, be, like, a yeah. slasher movie with, like, a, a well-designed, like, villain. And then it... It really charges and horses you into believing that's it, what it is. It's kind of yeah. this story about, like, h- how far does, uh, not love, but, but, um... Lust? Lust and, uh, infatuation mm-hmm. and take me, uh, l- l- like, like, the the need to, to be with this thing that's like so exciting for me and mm-hmm. I'm putting it in I should have figured out this wording <laughs> no, but, I know what you show, mean. but like it, it's about these two uh, lovers and, and how dehumanized they'll become to a pursuit uh, of memory how yeah. less human they'll make themselves to be together again and yeah. have a fulfilling relationship yeah. and, and, and mm-hmm. that kind of clash is at the center of the story I think yeah. and then Pinhead himself, the icon of the film, who you see on T-shirts and referenced mm-hmm. in cartoons and shit, is a third-act uh, antihero yeah. Yeah. who's not at the center of the story whatsoever, but it is definitely like the thing that sticks yeah, with that you, you remember. visually yeah. and dialogue-wise, and like his presence, like yeah. Doug Bradley kind of walking in the chains, like swaying yeah. around him, like that please is so no tears, yeah, no tears, please, it's a waste of good suffering. It really is a kind of a, uh, it is kind of a Candyman-esque. Thing. I mean, we didn't get to talk about the Candyman movie, probably because we wouldn't have that much to talk about. But, but um, the new one, yeah. I, uh, I mean, you would, you would, and 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 Justin and I would be like, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> uh, but but it is a Candyman esque thing in the sense of it's a character that isn't the protagonist, mm-hmm. but the performance is so good that yeah. y- it's what you remember. And it's, it's it's that whole thing yeah. with uh, Anthony Hopkins winning that you know best supporting actor. Yeah. And he's in he's in Silence of the Lambs yeah. for like nine minutes, right, yeah. or less. Yeah, it's yeah. it's like. Scarcity mm-hmm. really is so good, especially for yeah, so yeah. not seeing the shark in Jaws, barely seeing the xenomorph and alien, mm-hmm. like Pinhead only mm-hmm. being in this for like maybe Ten seven minutes. or eight minutes. Yeah, like yeah. And 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 similarly with Candyman, who doesn't show up for forty five minutes in mm-hmm. that first movie. I, I think one of the first things, um, just to kind of get into my my impressions of it, that mm-hmm. that because uh, this was my first time seeing it as well. Um, I. You know, knowing that Clive Barker was involved with both of these makes a lot of sense because Clive Barker really loves a gothic. Yeah. You know, uh, a woman in a in perfect gothic. Accent. Yeah. yeah. A woman in a strange house yeah. with a yeah. guy. You know what I mean? And and that's exactly what Candyman is. This yeah. is a white woman in this black dude's house mm-hmm. and she's yeah. falling in love with him. And it's weird. And this is is similar thing. The house is the house stored the memories of this affair that yeah. she had with this fellow and then reconstituted him, which by the way, I mean, let's get it out of the way now. The practical effects in this movie, I mean- Are like, excellent. Ac- yeah. Really like, I, I can't think of anything else beside like the thing that yeah. has yeah. has looked so visceral and yeah. and like- the yes, Cenobite designs are each so signature. Like, and yeah. specific. So like scary and brilliant. Yeah. Like, n- you, you never see the female Cenobite yeah. on anyone's t-shirt, but like right. she's amazing. Yeah, she's but you, such a cool design. The, the 
coming out of her collar and then to like her lip and yeah, stuff. And yeah, like The way she talks and what they do to her voice. But the thing, the thing that really got me was I was watching it with the, the moment where where Frank is coming back to life. Yeah, reminded me so much of everything that Sam Raimi has done mm-hmm. since. Like Sam Sandman. Raimi, the Sandman creation yeah, yeah. is is just is that yeah. is that him doing that with a bigger budget and the in the music at that point, yeah. the violence. Uh, and, and, and it's like and it's like it's almost out of the floorboards. It's almost like a Ray Harryhausen thing where it's Kinda, like yeah. where it's like a stop motion. They're they're shooting it backwards, but it it's only it's like what we said earlier. It's like the camp of it and like the almost the um that part I think is kind of like per- when I say camp, I'm mainly talking about like that monster that chases her down the corridor. <laughs> uh, but that, that, that thing scared that me. thing is campy. That scared it's, me. <laughs> but that's it's still upsetting. Like it's like it is campy because you're like oh that's not real. But also, yeah. I mean. But the hooks through the skin, you can see that it's a it's not his skin. Obviously, it's but it's rubber, still yeah. you're like, ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the elasticity of it actually makes it worse. Yeah. I, I think um yeah, the, there's there's always something to be said for it. And you know, movies just don't do this anymore because obviously CG is you know, and I mm-hmm. it's and I don't you, even and know if what, it's easier. And what you have on your poster better be in the movie at all times. Right, right, you know? right. You want to sell exactly. fucking tickets. And look, I, I don't want. I don't know if it's. I don't want to say it's easier. It takes less time than practical effects. I have no idea how to do either. But yeah. like, right. there is there is something undeniable about when you can see light hitting a thing yeah. in a movie, yeah. and you and you feel like and it's the there. And the texture exactly. It even if it so even realized. if it looks dated, like. Right. Be once you've already accepted that you're watching a movie that came out in the '80s mm-hmm. or whatever, it's like you don't really care well, how things. We're also thinking look. about the fact that there's all these like state-of-the-art effects guys who know their shit and can come together to make something that's so exactly. Like, cool looking. With, with, it's like, that's the in, in the thing. Obviously, there's that famous story with Rob Botton doing um the the like when the head comes off and it's green and all yeah. that stuff ripping that uh-huh. like, yeah. bubblegum they put in the microwave. Yeah. Oh yeah. In, in um Hellraiser, the heart coming back together was this like caramel heart that they had made and then they waited days for it to decompose and they were doing time lapses of it and then putting that in reverse oh. so the caramel heart is actually when you watch the movie it looks like it's coming back together yeah. and it's over the course of like days this long time lapse yeah, 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 I, I yeah. forget what director this was it was probably uh, oh gosh I don't even remember but it was on the director's guild of America where they have people interview each other and he was like the key to horror is actually the small punch-ins yeah. and little tricks you do that when you put them in a sequence become horrific. Mm-hmm. It's like you get a punch-in of someone's hand getting pulled off, but really it's like a fake hand and the stuntman is yanking. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And yeah. it's like, and it's that. Everyone you bring back puts more flesh on my bones. Yeah. Oh yeah, my yeah, gosh. Yeah. Why, why do you think Frank wasn't on the poster? Here's uh, my thing. When I heard this dude's voice, I thought, is this Pinhead? Like, I didn't know right, if he right, was right, turning right. into Pinhead. I feel too, like they hired too. him for his voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because his voice sounds cool coming out of a skeleton man, yeah. but when you see him as a real person, it's like that guy's a schmuck. Is <laughs> it the same? Yeah. Is him? When, when he comes in, he's like, "Hey, I'm the, yeah. I'm the yeah. brother." I'm gonna I, fuck my brother. <laughs> right. and, then, and then he's like, and then he's like flirting with his niece. Yeah, and he's Calm just a real skis bag. Yeah. Oh, how's okay? So in this group chat uh, that we're in the other day, I had said something about how when a movie is like frustrating you and making you want to turn it off, it sometimes yeah. leads to something really cathartic. Yeah. In the case of Hellraiser. You hate Frank so much, and the catharsis there is when is when Pinhead and his fellow Cenobites catch up with yeah, him. Yeah. We want the man who did this, and then the chains come in. Yeah, yeah. You get him in the hands and stuff, and you set me up, yeah. bitch. And yeah. you're just like, damn right, she set you up. <laughs> this is a movie about uh, a girl setting up her snitching on her uncle yeah. to fucking um, transdimensional <laughs> to the, to the uh, lords of, of pain, pain and pleasure. Yeah, yeah. To, 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 I, I love how. Uh, they're really benevolent figures here. Like yeah. 
the way that essentially they're like, hey, listen. The Cenobites are the heroes. They're, they're like, like, holy shit. They're like, listen, baby, uh, you turned the Rubik's Cube. We yeah. showed up. And Justin made a joke. This he was like, just the way it is. Justin yeah. came here you and he was like, we're all consenting adults here. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, you know what it was. Uh, but, <laughs> but there is something about Clive Barker being into the thin line and overlap between like, uh, being extremely horny and yeah. horror, like yeah. it's a it's a really both thin of line. these movies are very horny, very horny. Th- this is a very atmospheric movie, and it always kind of blows my mind that it's Clive Barker's debut. This is the first mm-hmm. time he directed a film, mm. and there there's like for example that shot where um Kirsty and uh, the Bill Murray looking guy who she's like hooking up with, yeah. uh, when they go down the subway <laughs> stairs onto that platform. It looks like Tom Hanks to me. The <laughs> camera pans down from the top to the bottom of the stairs, and they kiss, and then it pu- we pull back mm-hmm. for a long time. And something about that shot feels like something like a seasoned, sensitive filmmaker would have in like maybe their tenth mm-hmm. or eleventh movie. Just this beautiful moment, like in a in a dirty, like gross-looking subway mm-hmm. station, and that kind mm-hmm. of just like works. Mm-hmm. And it's so crazy to me that this was like a guy who had never directed a film before, and it has all these sensitive touches that really stick with me. Yeah, I don't, I. It's wild to me that this is, but maybe he. I mean, he comes from theater, so maybe that's part yeah. of it. Uh, you know, theater people are the best people. <laughs> of course. Uh, but um, no, I, I can't even. It's so strange to me that this is his first film and it works as well as yeah. it does. And the fact that like structurally it works. How, how yeah. good is that atmosphere? The atmosphere is good. Such a strong like gothic atmosphere. Like yeah. even when she's walking on the train tracks alone, yeah. and it's just kind of the shot of the top of the structure from yeah. her POV and just her on the tracks and the music and the overcast. I mean, dude. Everything just kind of like fits into place so perfectly. Yeah, in my opinion. I, I, I'm actually a little bit like I. It, it's it's like Nightmare One, one of yeah. my favorite movies, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, that really like shouldn't work um, because it's just such a simple, straightforward mm-hmm. horror idea. And that movie's so cinematic, and it's so cinematic. And, and like I, it, it reminded me of those moments in the first Nightmare movie when I was watching that at like eleven or twelve. Where like Freddie cuts off his fingers and he's like, right. "Hey Nancy, look, this you know, he lifts it up." And he's yeah. like, "This is God," and it shouldn't work, but it works because the atmosphere is there mm-hmm. and the acting is there, and it's like, it's such a simple idea. And I feel like horror movies today, for as many, I mean, look, we all love horror movies, but I think a, a lot of the traps we fall into now is we're overcomplicating it. Yeah, you know what I mean, like we're trying to overcomplicate the idea when the scariest idea is this guy is crawled out of hell, he's trying to recreate mm-hmm. his body. And the demons that he escaped right. from are going to kill him. <laughs> I, I, I have this uh, friend who's always telling me that she hates horror movies. She's like, I, I hate them. But, like, w- one time we were, like, at her place and watching The Craft. And, like, The Craft has this horror, like, gothic atmosphere. Yeah, and, like, yeah. I was trying to explain to her, like, this is what horror is, though. It's this atmosphere. It's yeah. the way mm-hmm. it makes you feel. It's, it's like, rolling fog and, mm-hmm. like, sh- like gothic shadows and, like, the, the swelling music and, like, old creepy houses and stuff. Like, that's what horror is. It's me. why the thing it's works so well. It's yeah. why the thing works so well. The thing is ninety percent atmosphere. Yeah. It's like you're and like that's my you favorite horror. It's a great <laughs> film. It's just it's just dread. Yeah. That whole movie yeah, you're watching isolation, and isolation and dread, and you're watching it like oh they're all gonna die. And yeah. and and, <laughs> and, and the uncertainty too. I mean, yeah. we've talked before about how horror movies often end with uh, end on the on the idea of a looming threat. Mm-hmm. You know, especially with the thing, right? You have uh, Mac and. Um, uh, I'm forgetting Keith David's character's name, but Childs. Childs, yes. They're sitting there, and we don't. Where were you, Childs? Yeah. (laughs) You know, and I guess we'll just wait a while, see what happens, right? And it's like, 
and that's where it ends. Yeah. yeah. I love seeing people react to the thing. There's a lot of videos on YouTube of people reacting to the full movie. Yeah. And always at the end, they're kind of like, oh, like frustrated, yeah. but then they kind of sit from it and they're like, no. That's okay. cold, bro. Yeah. That's cold. I feel this, like movie has, this movie has a cold ending yeah. just like that. Like, I, I love the ending of this I th- movie. I, I love the bone dragon. I think, yeah. I think Kurt <laughs> Russell. So cool. I think Kurt Russell said that. He was like, oh, it's not me. I'm not the thing. And everybody else has been like, no, it's Kurt Russell. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's, there's it's the same th- like Harrison Ford on Blade Runner. Like, yeah. right. He's convinced he's not a replicant, but Ridley Scott says he is. There's yeah. 40 years now of theories talking about which one of them is and isn't. It's yeah. most well, certainly yeah. Kurt Russell. But Kurt Russell hands Childs gasoline be, and he drinks it like it's... We don't know if the thing does have a hive mind or not in that first movie. Like Maybe mm. some people who are things don't know other people are. Oh, the they could both like, be We things. don't know if it's a hive mind. Oh, my God. Bruh. We got Either a way, they're theory. both gonna die. There. They're both gonna die. This just became uh, a review. Of the no, thing. no, but it, it's, it's it's also like uh, it's in. I mean, we're gonna talk about Halloween on Halloween, right? But but the idea of that last shot of Halloween, the reason why it's the, yeah. I, I'm gonna just say it's the best ending of oh, any horror so movie. Good. And it's embarrassingly better than the Rob Zombie ending. Yeah. Is because she looks out and the, the Rob mo- Zombie ending is what the and, fuck are you doing? <laughs> like that's what I was saying I, the whole time watching. But them. but but the ending of the original one where she looks out. And the motherfucker's gone. Yeah. <laughs> and you're and you like, know, you know what Carpenter yeah. said to Donald Pleasance, who plays Loomis. You know what he mm. told him? Your reaction is a mixture of, oh my god, he's gone, and of course this is what happened. Mm. Yeah, of course, dude. Where and, and, and and I mean, just dragging it back to Hellraiser. I think I think I, I don't know. It, it, it this movie has carries a similar kind of unsettled ending. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You set me up, bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not well, for your eyes. But, 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 I, what I mean, like, what? I guess what I mean, like, to to further clarify, you know, obviously, uh, I got excited about it, but I think that the reason this ending is so cool is I love cyclical stuff, right? Yeah. So I love when a movie returns to where it started, but there's something new. Yeah. You know, even if it's just you understand more. Yeah. Because like when the movie starts, this guy takes a box, you know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then the movie you know ends, like, no, leave it there. Don't. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. These are kind of tricks you into thinking it's going to be a simpler movie than it is. Yeah. Right. Like, like it, it kind of becomes more complex and yeah. s- and so interested in like the dynamic of those two people yeah. and obviously the third parties like finding out and yeah. then there's all the iconic stuff yeah 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 exactly so that dude just saying what's your pleasure sir and and then like the the horse carriage is passing by and ending. i mean that's a chilling ending yeah. and, and it really sticks with you um makes it feel like a fable yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. and you know we don't even know that guy's connection to the cenobites is yeah. he aware of what this box does he's, he's yeah. definitely profiting off of it yeah 100 percent. And, and, and frank likes it is the thing yeah. like he wants he says to, pain or pleasure he, i didn't care which yeah. he wants to go back That's because why the cenobites can't tell the difference between no. either yeah. it's they've completely demons to some angels to others yeah. i i, I want to ask y'all real quick because <laughs> this is one of the this is one of the uh i think you know wes was saying before you got here dan that there is a lot of shared there's more similarities between these two movies than uh initially I thought uh, um, titanium. Ti- yeah, 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 and yeah. and one of them is this is this uh, serial killer woman, mm-hmm. and I and I yeah. wanted to oh, kind of talk to y'all about. She's like, a great character, by the way. Yeah, how, how do you I feel love about how it? She's yeah. disgusted by Frank, yeah. but like she feels like maybe if I just bring him one more, right? Maybe if I just kill two or three more, like maybe everything will be normal and again. She skins like, her nothing's husband ever going to be normal. Yeah. She skins again. her husband for him. And then I, he betrays her because I, Frank is evil. Yeah. Obviously, he was going to be. She goes, not me. And he's like, nothing personal, baby. He's draining her life force. Yeah. Like, you fucking evil. <laughs> and you, it, that is the peak of how much you hate Frank. Yeah. And then, like, oh, Pinhead comes in at the perfect time. Yeah. I, the shots of the shadows and, like, the darkness and the chains just kind of yeah. 
flinging into frame. Mm-hmm. They did that by shooting it in reverse, by the way. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, there's a lot so of reverse. Good. There's a lot of reverse yeah. in this. I no, but I mean, I feel like there is a lot of DNA between this and uh, Titan. I mean, I think they're both very interested in how the body, the horror affects the body. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Like how it affects fingers. And mm-hmm. I mean, the this one of the scariest moments in Titan to me is when that this is that that shot where she's. She's like kissing her nipple, and then she starts biting mm-hmm. it and pulling and biting. And um, I love that this is the first again, yeah. episode we've ever done in like October, and like this is the most. This is such like a like a spooky. This could have been our spooktacular. <laughs> yeah, like how we're deconstructing just horror just right three now. more episodes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. no, but uh, but to, to exactly your point, Wes. Uh, again, like this idea of pain and pleasure, right? Mm-hmm. Being on a spectrum, yeah. and there and, and and going back to that scene in Titan, like. There is that that they really hold on that scene where she's hooking up with this girl, yeah. and we see her move from "I like this" to "I can handle this" yeah. if this is what you need to "No, I can't yeah, do this yeah. anymore." And I think that scale is so cool. So with this movie just being all about that, like these extraterrestrial beings who do what they do well, look, well, like, for a, the a, a sake of doing it, like like um, you know, a white collar family being like the core victims to this like sadomasochist like other world mm-hmm. like you know lords of pain and pleasure like it totally is capturing like the whole spectrum there yeah like, when, you, when we're introduced to these characters you never think in a million years they're gonna end up like skinned and like, and, like oh exactly and by when i saw by when i saw now. these this married couple walk into the house i was like this is this is it like yeah, <laughs> these yeah, are the yeah. characters like it's it's very a traditional in terms of like what other horror was going. Mm-hmm. Usually, you're introduced to the girl first, the, so the final signature. girl first, yeah. um, or or the teenager or whoever. But in this case, it's these two middle aged adults, and I think that's also intentional, right? Because you know, the there none of us are married, but right. uh, <laughs> not yet, not yet. Hey, holding out, but um, Justin they, is next. <laughs> this is this is the announcement. They uh, they there's there's that idea of the seven year itch, right? Where you get into marriage, and then like stuff just isn't exciting mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. And I, that's at the crux of this movie yeah. too, right? Yeah. Like she's not attracted to her husband anymore. Anything to get some kind of excitement. So I'm gonna like, we're taking it to the and the, this yeah. is you've talked about this before, right? How horror like there's medicine in it covered with sugar. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. the medicine is like, how do we deal with dissatisfaction in yeah. marriage? Well, we kill our husband They're and feed him to the corpse of our tales, right? yeah. <laughs> to the corpse of our uh, deceased lover. And I mean, it's it's and also we haven't even talked about the final girl in this who is amazing. Yeah, Who's Ashley really Lawrence, she's so cool. She, it, it, and just like she, they does the thing that really good horror movies do, which is not it doesn't telegraph that she's the final girl. Yeah. Like you, you, you right. meet her a couple times. You're like, oh, this is. We a We think person. Janet Lee's gonna be the survivor in Dude, Psycho, and she obviously, uh, obviously not. It, and it's, it's uh, again, Nightmare on Elm Street does it great with yeah. the switcheroo with Nancy. I mean, like you are like, oh, this is a character that's interesting, right? Uh, and obviously, she doesn't have sex, which means she'll survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <laughs> she's one of the more cunning. Um, yeah, she's but, definitely very like, intelligent. Like, Ripley intelligent. from Alien is is uh, resilient, yeah. and and. Kirstie is she she's cunning. It, it, you've done There's this you've done this before, right? Yeah. Many, many times. To a man named Frank Cotton? Yeah. Oh yes. And she, <laughs> right. she knows that yeah. she knows that they're open to talking. Right. Yeah. So she can like he escaped you and that's gonna I be can that's reason what with they, you. Yeah. Yeah, and she yeah. knows how to use the box. Like exactly. almost instantaneously. She, oh, I could just send these guys back to hell. It's yeah. cool. Uh no, I, I, I really love her performance and I think I think I don't know, you've said that she's in the other movies, right? That she's She's in, in two and uh Six. Okay. So she's like the Sydney Prescott. 
She's a is that the, the Scream character? Yeah, Sydney yeah, Prescott. Yeah. Sid, uh, Sydney's in all of them. The, oh, issue, okay. the issue is, and so is Dewey and uh, Gail. Yeah, yeah. The, the weird thing about Scream, yeah, a series I love, but the deeper you go in, you're like, how long are these people still alive? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you're like, they're, they're all in the new ones. You're like, you're like I mean, we're five movies in. I Can know. one of these people get picked off? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's That's because they're such good characters. The way that they, that they uh, differ from the franchises that they're, you know, mocking or lovingly yeah. kind of poking at I mean, that they have characters in all of the installments. Whereas Halloween, it's like uh, Laurie's daughter to yeah. Laurie's like son Cousin. to Laurie again to old Laurie yeah. to like remake uh, To characters. remake Laurie. Right. Uh, no, it, I mean, and Scream obviously is essentially a, a retooling of Halloween anyway. Mm-hmm. But, but, but I don't know. I had a point to make. About Final Girls, and now uh, she's cunning. She's she's cunning. She's I, a I good just one. I just like that the the performance is so unassuming, and that the movie yeah. doesn't let you, you doesn't let you know that she is the hero of the you, movie. You until probably assume that Julia is going to be the final girl, yeah, and then Julia is maybe the main antagonist, possibly, possibly. Yeah. her and Frank. Uh, yeah. Frank Frank feels like the main antagonist yeah. in this for me with with Pinhead showing up and being like, "Hey man, she, she's, she's pay up. Knock, actually knock. she's actually the slasher of the movie. She she's is. the one yeah. doing the brunt of the she killing. Is. She is. Uh, and I just love, love the idea of Pinhead and <laughs> and the rest of them showing up like she the IRS. They're just like yeah, yeah, yeah. they're like, bro, kill tax. Yeah. And and, and she's like and collect. she's like, hey, uh, where's Frank? And he's like, obviously in the basement. And mm-hmm. she's like, Frank escaped. He's like. <laughs> No, no, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are three things you can't escape: death, taxes, and the Cenobites. The Cenobites, uh, but definitely. Um, yeah, I, random thought came to me: Does this film pass the Bechdel test? This is not what our podcast is about. There's, There's a different a podcast Kirstie for that. Kirstie and Julia having a. Do they have a conversation? I think it's about Frank. I think it is about Frank. Or no, wait, hold on, hold on. She has a conversation with Julia about the, her new apartment when she first shows up to the house, and, and Julia's got that picture of Frank that she's kind of enamored with. And mm-hmm. She doesn't hear her at first, and she's like, "Did you hear me?" And they have the conversation about like her new place very I briefly. But then she, yeah, then she goes upstairs. Possibly. The Bechdel test it has to be for like a number of minutes. Yeah, right? yeah. and it's also updated now. The Bechdel yeah. test to incorporate different genders. And, 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 I'm, and I'm sure, I'm sure the, I have it over there. But the, the book Man, Men, Women, and Chainsaws, I'm sure has a Carol Clover. Carol Clover. I'm sure she talks about. Uh, uh, this movie in it somewhere because of her her theory. I, sh- I think she's actually the one who coined the term "final girl." The idea that the final girl gets um, she takes on attributes of, of of men in order to win, mm-hmm. and this actually doesn't feel like that at all. Oh well, yeah, well, well, she she does use the Cenobites to her advantage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, she knows what they do, yeah. and she unleashes them on Frank. Mm-hmm. But usually, a final girl will. This is such a Halloween episode. Uh, usually a final no. girl will will have an axe or right, have a right. or some kind of weapon. That Sydney puts on the ghost. Yeah, yeah, that will that will masculinize right. a, Ripley. Yeah, Rip puts on a armor space suit so you can't yeah, see yeah, yeah. what she looks like. Um, so so there's there's something that the final girl has to put on to be able to fight the monster. Yeah. and I like that she just kind of has this box in her mind. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and uh, again, similar to Candyman, it's it's about manipulating the monster or the or the creature. You know what I mean? Because you can reason with it. Like in in Candyman, she is able to at least in that one scene manipulate his his love for her to get out of the psych ward, yeah. right? By having him come in and kill the dude and then yeah. mm-hmm. fall out the window. Be my victim, right? Yeah. In this yeah. case, um, yeah, good on Clyde good Barker or whoever for finding these uh these deep voiced. <laughs> gentlemen, uh, Tug Bradley's so cool. Yeah. Um, do you think uh, Candyman could fight Pinhead, or do you think it's over for <laughs> Candyman? Like, they're, I, they're both so, um, they're like, 
I don't even know what realm they would even be doing battle. Like, I feel like... Can, okay, so if this is like, uh, like a Mortal Kombat type thing <laughs> yeah. where you don't have like move sets, yeah. then are you saying like Candyman can... Candyman has like three moves. You amount of buttons and he throws a swarm of bees. Yes. Yeah. And then with Pinhead, you press certain buttons yeah. and he can have a bunch of chains come Yeah. I think, I think Pinhead, Pinhead takes it. Pinhead is a playable killer in Dead by Daylight. They I th- just I th- did a Hellraiser <laughs> DLC. I think Pinhead takes it just because Candyman is just kind of a black guy with a, a hole. Well, he, he, would, he would enjoy getting stung by the bees. Or right. He would There's, be able to tell like, yeah. the difference between that it, and... Is this and, supposed to hurt me or not? You would have right. to like actually decapitate him yeah. or disable him. Or maybe he would and, like and as we And as we right. know in uh, the Nia DaCosta Candyman movie, Candyman's literally just a series of black people with I, hooks. Okay, yeah, that's a, that's a little head yeah, it's <laughs> it's uh you're well, you're like, you're like hmm. I mainly like how how sleek and and kind of uh, retailored that film. I is. love the tone of that film yeah, I and do the too. filmmaking. Yeah. I think the script needed another draft, but I, I love the filmmaking yeah. in that movie. Yeah, I I, I uh, <laughs> Candyman versus Pinhead. I don't think I don't think Clive one. Barker was even like consulted on that new Candyman. Because yeah, it's because it, 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 he 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 created like the outline of the Candyman right. character, and they had to fill it in with Tony Todd. Mm. So it's mm-hmm. like it's. He did create that character. He was involved in the original. He was. Because it's based on his his story. That one's based on his story. Uh, I don't know. Who knows? Authorship is weird. Yeah. All right. Well, are we gonna? We yeah. Gonna yeah let's sure. Let's I mean, I don't, if, if we don't have anything else to to, to discuss, uh, Dan, you go first. It's your pick. Uh, man, I always forget. What is our highest? Uh, immortal. Yeah, Immo- it's a immortal. <laughs> Hellraiser, dude. Come on. Yeah. It's the best. Uh, I'm I'm looking up our ratings. Uh, while I, while Wes does that, I, I think I will also give it an immortal. Um, Damn. I, 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 <laughs> it, I was it was between uh, 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 oh wow reanimate yeah, and, exactly. and yeah. immortal for me, but um, I think what puts it over the top is just we need like to do our own homework on, the <laughs> on, on our own show. Um, but discussing it, especially in tandem with uh, Titan, really helped me appreciate some of the the, the themes in both of them a bit more. Mm-hmm. And I feel like uh, you know this movie is cool especially as just like a as like a subcultural representation of like what was going on in 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 europe with gay Gay culture and and sadomasochism like it's definitely just that on a screen and i I feel like it's an important piece of history for that so that was that's way more deep than what i was (laughs) (laughs) um i i think i'm gonna you can also just say it's a it's a good um, 80s horror i'm gonna give it a tentative reanimate with 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 the caveat that's probably gonna be immortal next time i watch it Mm -hmm. um Oh, uh, this is an October staple. I no, watch this every year around. This, this really snuck up on me. I didn't think I was going to like it as much as I like it. I think it's 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 really cool. It's really smart. It has the horror movie thing, which is like, it's it's it has a lot going on under the hood. Kind of deconstructing uh, before there was even enough of this to deconstruct. Literally mm-hmm. using uh, the gas off of the Friday the Thirteenth and Nightmare movies yeah. to make a completely like original. Film. How brilliant is that? Let's market this as a slasher yeah. movie with the with Pinhead, with Pinhead on the cover, and like they'll think it's that, and they'll be surprised. We'll pull the rug out. It'll mm-hmm. be a totally different. Yeah. Similarly yeah. to what how DeCorno uh, yeah. marketed. To right. If this came out today, uh, it would be bought by Neon, and it mm-hmm. would be uh, a prestige horror movie. Yeah, they would. Okay. It would. It would absolutely be a prestige horror movie because they would say, and there would be people that would be like, "Oh, Pinhead doesn't even show up until right, the last right, right. fifteen yeah, minutes. Yeah. It's not scary." I also uh, wonder. I also wonder if they wouldn't retool it somehow to make Frank the protagonist. Oh, that would be so his, well, well, it would just be a different movie, but his escape from hell being the thing that you want oh, to see happen. Right. Although you would still have to incorporate people being murdered for, for that to right, happen. Right, right. So, But I, I wonder if they would do something to, to twist it that way. With Anya Taylor-Joy as, uh, as, <laughs> as the final girl. Character. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I, I, I think that's solid. I think um, it's a, it's definitely a movie that I could see myself watching again. Until it was Julia, or or Kirsty. As Kirsty. Okay. Yeah, Julia would be kind of cool. It would be, yeah. but she's a little too young. Is she? She's like twenty-five, like six or something. The, the stepmom? No, Anya Taylor-Joy. She, oh, yeah. I, well, by the, well, by the time they remake right, right. this yeah, movie, yeah, eventually, yeah. Right. even though there's been eight of these, yeah, uh, there's been a lot. Yeah. I can't. And they're wait, remaking it. I can't so. wait for like an auteur, but uh, like an auteur to be like, oh, I actually really like Hellraiser. What's What's <laughs> so funny is as soon as the first one that Clive Barker had nothing to do with yeah. was Hellraiser three. Hell on Earth. And that's mm. the one where Pinhead is basically Freddy. He's the main antagonist. Yes. Mm-hmm. The whole movie, he's like the bad guy who's like spouting one-liners and stuff. It's like as soon as it got away from Clive Barker, yeah. they turned it into 80s like schlock. Yeah. You know? It's so funny. It's, yeah. it, it literally, but isn't that the way all those 80s slasher oh, yeah. movies yeah, went? Yeah, yeah. It's like you come and you have, it's like Nightmare 1, uh, Freddy Krueger is a child molester who's exactly. come back to life. Nightmare 4, Welcome to he's prime a time, star. bitch. <laughs> Nightmare Five. He's a superhero. He becomes Super Freddy. Remember and that then, part? Yeah. And then he gets. Uh, is that the one where he impregnates uh, the one with Nightmare his baby? Five? He also possesses a motorcycle. <laughs> Freddy Krueger is. is uh, and, then, and then in the reboot, he's like, he's like, why are you screaming? Oh I haven't God. even cut you yet. The Jackie, the Jackie Earl Haley one was so boring. I can't wait until in in this age of multiversal content, we get a sequel. Pre- with, with Jackie Earl Haley meeting Robert, Robert England. England. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then Marvel happen. buys it, and we Bruce all go Campbell to Campbell had <laughs> Bruce Campbell had shipped that for years that um he was gonna do like an Expendables of horror movie that had that had like Tony Todd and Robert England. That'd and, be like, fun. Yeah, and that would have been super cool. And Nick Castle and you playing know. themselves are playing uh, their characters. Well, what happened was um, Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash was going to be the sequel to Freddy vs. Jason. And it was made into a comic. He, Yeah, they eventually did the comic, but he said that it was like the worst thing he'd ever read in his life. <laughs> like, Freddy gets the Necronomicon and then becomes God in the final act. Like, the oh, whole geez. world becomes his dreamscape, and it was just like this stupid thing. But they were, wow. were going to do eventually a movie uniting all these horror Bruce icons. Bruce Campbell, come on the medium one. Bruce huh? Campbell, come on the media. That'd be, be cool. great to have you, man. Yeah, just, sure you could pick, you could pick a movie. You could make fun of us. That's cool. Yeah, bring a chainsaw. Maybe Tony Todd too. That's Tony Todd would be fun. Yeah, dude. He'd be, it'd be cool to have Tony Todd. He'd be like, I don't, I haven't seen the movie this week, but I just, I just want to see Tony Todd. <laughs> <working>. <laughs> just hear his voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, if y'all don't have any other amazing points to make, no. Um, I think that's going to do it for this episode. We thank y'all for coming back to the Mortuary for season two. Love you guys. Uh, we <laughs> definitely. I yeah I, I'm feeling good about this. Yeah. No more uh, weird audio issues <laughs> ever again. You see how happy we are in this episode. Uh, when we get to the Oscar movies that we have to watch, right. we will no longer be happy. Right, right, right. <laughs> we're gonna be like. Or when we're talking about the stuff that's like there's nothing to talk about. We're gonna mm. be like, wow. Uh, uh, I would not have known what to say about um, Shang Chi. By the way, I would not have had any. It, w- it would I have been a short. I haven't seen the conversation. I mean, it, w- it would have just been me talking about other kung fu movies that exactly. I like. But um, just a few announcements before we close out. Uh, as y'all know, you can find our back catalog on anywhere that you enjoy listening to your podcast. But we also have merchandise out. Merch. Uh, yeah, so. Sure. Take a look at us on Bonfire. That. You can find us in Linktree. We have a few different items for you to that peruse. That is bonfire.com slash the medium, the medium org. org. Cool. But it's also in our Linktree on our Instagram. If you, think, <laughs> if you think Citizen Kane is mid and you're not afraid to get into fights. Guys <laughs> what if you school. think film school is a liar sometimes? Yeah. yeah. And Scorsese's is. a bitch. <laughs> Kubrick's a bitch. <laughs> Spielberg uh, is the other. Spielberg, yeah. <laughs> Spielberg's oh, boy. And check it's, out that merch. It's going to be tough when one of those fine gentlemen pass away and those shirts right. are still in service. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha
<laughs> oh, like, what if we got a cease and desist? That'd be so funny. That'd be, like Kubrick's estate. Yeah. <laughs> It'll happen. Um, and of course, we also, this is new, uh, we have a letterboxed account for the show. Mm-hmm. So now you can follow us and we'll kind of use that as a promotional tool for yeah. our episodes. Um, but uh, that's going to do it for this episode. Again, thank you all so much. Till next time, Wayward Movie Watchers. Love you. Stop watching movies. <laughs>